Welcome to the MotoWorldRacing.com Moto Show. Broadcasting live around the world from the Vegas Strip in a room where the term action could refer only to the classic Supercross playing on the VCR. Now, presenting your hosts and two guys who should know better, Paul Lindsay and Steve Mathis. We're live. We're here live in Las Vegas. Live in La Vida Loca in Las Vegas. This is the MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. I am your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line is my usual co-host, Paul Lindsay. Paul, what's up? Week 10. Here we go, baby. Oh, wait. Before we get started, listen to this here. That is the sound of an ice-cold Red Bull being cracked open for Week 10. All right, all right. Sounds good. I, and then, I just had to get that in there. Should have been drinking a Pabst Blue Ribbon, dude. And that would be the voice of the sometimes studio guest, Kenny Watson of the Hart and Huntington Rockstar. Tell me, tell me he's not sitting in my chair. I would never do that. That chair reeks like butt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways. Uh, we won't tell you that, bud. Um, so, yeah, big, big uh, weekend uh, racing in the great white north. I loved it so much I, was, I had to stay an extra night. We will get into that in a little bit. The guests on this week are Kevin Windham, Geico Honda, and Brian Deegan, Metal Militia slash 125 Supercross winner slash entrepreneur. Hardest working guy in the sport. Yeah. Hey, and better yet, I was his mechanic the night he won. There we go. That's right. I remember you almost got cleaned out by his ghost-ridden bike. I remember seeing you hopping all over the place. Trying I was to like, trying to Whoa, catch Whoa, where's this bike coming straight at me? <laughs> I was trying to catch the thing. I'd been so sick if I would have caught it. Definitely one of the uh, of, of the motocross or supercross uh, lore uh, that, that night at LA Coliseum. But first of all, let's give a thanks and a shout-out to the people that support this show, which is MotorWorldRacing.com. Check them out on the web, MotorWorldRacing.com. Later on, listen to the commercial. You'll get a discount code. You simply punch it in and you get a percentage of off your order 10 percent it's quite a deal x-brand goggles uh tw- 25 years of goggle technology built all into one goggle michael lessie josh strange use it moto concepts yamaha you can check them out at the rockwell watches sponsor of our trivia segment uh very very i guess everybody's rocking rockwell these days if you look around the pits you can check that out right. check them out at rockwelltime.com as well the motocross the nations is coming to lakewood colorado paul lindsey's home state september 26 the world is That's coming right. and uh and right away right off the bat before we get started too much uh paul let's get into the trivia last week's a little bit recap last week and get into this week's yeah last week uh i want to apologize to two Specific emailers. They're gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and give them send, send them the uh, gift certificate, even though they got the question wrong. Actually, I accepted the wrong answer. Um, two riders actually had really uh, historic rides, let's say. But the one specifically for the special prize that we were looking for was John Dowd, the only active lights rider to win a 450 or 250 at that time main event, way back in '98 at Charlotte, uh, or was it '99? You were there. You said Steve. 98. I think it was. Uh, excuse me. 80. 80. Or excuse me, 98, 99, 98, 99. I think it was 98. Anyhow, John Dowd, was it 98? It was 98, and uh, 98, it was a yeah. mud race, too. Mud race. Uh, yeah. K-Dub, K-Dub won the uh, year before. The uh, K-Dub won that's, 97. Yeah, that's right. I think a lot of people got confused on that. Did Henry win it then? It was a Yamaha. It was a mudder. No, no, it, it was Dowdy. Yeah. Dowdy. 450? Yep. Dowdy. Dowdy's the only active 125 guy or lights guy to win a, a premier class main event while moonlighting. So the that was the special trivia question that I just added on as a bonus at the end, which I'm going to do again this week, growing kind of fond of that little program. But the other one was, 
also confusing. So I want to apologize. I try to make these easy as we talked about, but uh, people got a little confused on this one as well. Even you, Steve, on the air, I think uh, you and I had a little disagreement on whether this was technically correct or not. I said, who was the last active white rider to grab a podium in the 450 class uh, while moonlighting? And the answer I was looking for was Jason Lawrence at Daytona last year, second place. Ironically, we were talking about I Daytona that week. So that, yeah. don't like that answer. Anyways, it's Yeah, you don't like that because he had already moved to the 450 class, but technically he was. He could have gone back and raced Seattle and Salt Lake if he wanted to. So he was an active lights rider. But he had already acknowledged that he was done in that class. He had moved up. His, everybody said that. Fair but enough. Anyways, that's why I, that's why I went ahead and nope. accepted Dungey, 08 at Minneapolis, as the next answer. That's the... The one I got about half and half. Some people said J Law, some people said Dungey, but I took right. them both. Uh, so everybody, thanks for playing. And uh, this week, again, once again, brought to you by Rockwell. And also want to mention SBKUSA.com. Go there and enter the promo code Rockwell for a chance to win a Yamaha R6. Uh, brought to you by Rockwell and Miller Motorsports Park. This week's trivia question with the GPs getting ready to start. April 4th, what are we, two, three weeks away here in Bulgaria. Got a charm, the American Zach Osborne and Jimmy Albertson carrying the flag for us over there. It's been a long, long, long time since an American has won the world championship. I want you to name me one of only five riders, by the way, in the uh, long career, long history of GPs. Five American riders have brought home the world title to America. Name me one of them. Wow. And this week... Well, yeah, we'll go bonus this week like we did last week. One person, one person only is going to get a set of Zag headphones, uh, earbuds, and uh, throw something else in there, too, as well as the Rockwell gift certificate. That's Name me the only, the only two riders to get two world championships. Lindsay. They did in the 125 and 250s. You're going soft, that? Lindsay. That's, you're going soft. That's easy. But that's okay. I think so. Okay. I think so. But we, we, every, week, every week we think they're easy. Those should be off the top of people's heads. Anybody, any hardcore motocross bench racer should be able to name all five of them off the top of your head. So it should be easy. But every week we think we're easy, I get like two right answers. So we'll see. Challenging the Motor Show listeners. Throwing down the gauntlet. Send me the answers. Oh, by the way, send them to motoshowtrivia at hotmail.com. That's motoshowtrivia at hotmail.com. Name one of five. American world champions on the GP. Don't send me Supercross world champions. Heath Voss, James Stewart, GP, motocross, true grit, motocross, world champions, one of only five. Send me the answers. And uh, there you go. That's your uh, Rockwell trivia for this week. Wow. Uh, thanks a lot for that. And uh, thanks yeah. a lot for all the emails that people have been sending, Paul, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's some, been awesome. It's been overwhelming. Good, I'm trying bad. to get to them all as we speak. I got a couple of emails saying, figure this crap out, which we're working on. But uh, yeah, exactly. anyways, uh, Toronto, uh, what do you think of Toronto? Good good race. Man. You know what? It was weird. People, the racing, and I'm going to write this in my column on Transworld Motocross, it, it was bizarre because the track looked really good to me, but da- goddamn if there wasn't one good race all week, all night. Like, it just, I don't know. There was no battling. It was weird. Well. The track was, as we saw, extremely one-lined. In fact, I want to go out of the way and say it was the worst track we've seen all year. And however, I'm not blaming Dirtworks or, or Feld or anybody. It just is what it is. It just happens that way sometimes. However, that being said also, it was the best Toronto track we've ever seen because historically that track is just garbage because of the soil. They made that track. It was, it was fast. We've kind of got a little string of fast tracks going on here. A lot of weird 45-degree angles in that track, as we saw Barsha jumping across there uh, in the 125 in the lights main event. A lot of block passes. People whining about K-Dub getting a little aggressive online. 
I mean, I, I think that made it, I, I don't know, like you said, I guess maybe one of the more boring races of the year yeah, and maybe the least raceable track. Yeah, for sure. Watson, what do you think? I, uh, I, I personally was ready to jump down your throat when you said the track wasn't that good. I mean, I was not there, so I really cannot. I know about much as the race as anybody else that wasn't there, that watched it on TV. Um, but, I mean, I've been there in the past, and the track has been super crappy, ruddy, muddy, and I thought the guys did a pretty good job. And after talking to my riders, um, they particularly didn't dislike the track. Um, they said it was kind of hard to pass on, and it was tight. But, uh, yep. hey, you got to race different, condition, different conditions, yep. and I think the Dirt Works did a great job, and Feld did their as usual. Always. And as always. I yep. wouldn't say as and, always. And, and the That's their like job, Lizzie, not as always. Hey, you always say What's always, that? like, you have to give a handout for Dirtworks. Do those guys make a lot of money? They should do a good job. You know what well, I mean? Oh, yeah. No, so, but they do a great job. That's why they've been there for 25 years. Uh, so uh, we'll best. get into we'll get into that another another time. Uh. <laughs> hey, if you want to get on the dozer, go for it. I'll, I'll uh, I'd love to. I'd pay to see that. Hey, game. if I was getting paid sixty thousand dollars a week to build a super cross track, I would learn how to do it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Watson, what do you think of your guys' performance? Uh, blows had a tip over in the sand. Bonnie, first top ten of the year, though. Yeah, I mean for my, for for my guys, um, I was kind of. Uh, I was happy for Matt. Um, I know the guy's been struggling through injuries all year, riding with a bad knee. Best finish, not, wasn't it, this year? Yeah, this tenth week? was a good finish, yep. but, I mean, the class was kind of thin, and I expect him to be there with the class kind of thin. And I know uh, Blos rode good all weekend. Um, I thought that, uh, you know, watching the times and stuff, he was going faster than Nick in front of him, taking nothing away from Nick Way. Nick Way rode a great race. Um, but, hey, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, they got 13th and 10th. And we'll we'll leave that with, uh, you know, everybody's healthy. And we're going to move on to this weekend and try to, you know, keep plugging away. What about the lack of riders? What yeah. do you make of that? That's have you weird. ever? Have any either one of you guys ever heard of that? Everybody makes the main event. Hey, Lindsay, you could have made the main. Never. <laughs> what? You would have made What's the that? main if you raced. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, hey, I think I, I would have shown up. Diary, who said he was bumming that he didn't drive up there. He was thinking about doing some 450 East Coast rounds, and he was he was pretty pissed because he would have gone straight to the main. He's a guy that can make the main on his own accord anyhow in the 450s. But yeah, he could. To uh, to see that I've never seen that to answer your question, and never, and I was a little bit shocked. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later, but. Uh, not so sure that I agreed with that call. Uh, which call was that? To put all 23 oh, actually ended up being 22 because yeah. of Morris. So what are they going to do? Are they going to have a last chance with, with uh, two guys in it? There was one guy, and I, I think I forget his name. He shouldn't have been there. Uh, I apologize yep. to his family and friends that are listening. He was doing 115s while the other guys were doing 58s, 57s. Yeah, and he, was, he wasn't jumping one triple uh, 50% of the time. Yeah. So, I mean, that guy – I felt should have been told to not go in the. Uh, hey, but you know what? Event. For that guy's defense, he can always say he's made of four fifty main. <laughs> he might have scored <laughs> points too because there was no, more than oh. me. He did. I've come close, but yeah, I've never I mean, made dude, one. look at he can sit back. So the dude's already ahead of me. <laughs> you guys should have been there. I don't think you could see it on TV. You should have been there in the heat races. Do you want to talk about lack of intensity? Yeah, Good God! I, it was. I could. I could tell. I actually saw that, Steve. I. I. I agree. It was what like do you mean a, you can a tell, balloon dude? was deflated. How could you tell? That you could tell no, by just, watching the, the, I was the, the top three the guys. At that point, when you see the starting line and there's eleven riders on the starting line for a heat race, and you can see the fire in their eyes, right? You can see the non-fire in their eyes. <laughs> He's you're telling a, me that someone put a fire extinguisher out, huh, He's Paul? got high def. No, it was weird, dude. Like, the guys, everybody made it. I agree with you, though, dude. I, I, how could you, if you're a guy, go to the line being aggressive, going, yeah. I'm going to make the main if I get 
if I get ninth or I get you know last, I'm yeah, still yeah. making it. I no, agree no. with you though. I'm the just guy, giving you a hard time. Nobody was Aaron. Like it was just so weird. Like Millsaps caught up to RV a little bit and like tried to make a race of it. Dungey won his heat by 25 seconds. Won his heat yeah. race by 25 seconds. It was just like bizarro supercross. Do you know what I mean? It was just weird. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think the I I don't think I blame it on the. Well, the, the class has definitely been hit by injuries, but I blame it more on the drive from Daytona to Toronto, Agreed. Toronto to a Dallas. A lot of guys, and then they go to Dallas next week. So, I mean, it's a lot of privateers would be foolish to make that drive. It's just old school, like they used to do in the box bands. You guys both have done. you got to go zigzagging all over the country. Feld, that's one of the things that goes unseen, that they have massaged that schedule over the years to accommodate stuff like that better. But every once in a while, one falls through the cracks like hey, this. Let me ask you a question, Paul. Let me ask you a What's question. That? How do you sure. feel about the whole deal with um, with the world round? So they make that a world round, and everyone has to go to Canada for one race. Do you think that championship is really that great? Like, uh, Kenny, I mean, I, 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 that's a whole topic for another show, but I got two words for you, one name, Scott Hollingsworth, not Feld. Blame him. Nothing okay, uh, I'll blame Scott. Um, yeah, they're, yeah. they're obligated to do that round. I'll just say that Feld doesn't necessarily want to be there. No offense to Toronto or the fans or in Canada or anything like that. Paul, you but. don't quite have the right people blaming here. Uh, Jam Sports was going to have their own Supercross series. The and, with Scott and, Hollingsworth, right? And Feld cleverly, I'm going to add, cleverly aligned with the FIM to because of Scott Hollingsworth. No, no, no. Yes, but I'm just saying. They didn't need to align with the FIM. They wanted to keep control of the series and thought of a brilliant way of doing it, and therefore were forced to go to all over the world for the for the first little bit, and then just to Canada. So I because mean, of Scott Hollingsworth. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was, I mean, Scott just cut a deal that he felt was best for the AMA, right or wrong. I, I mean, obviously it was wrong, but I mean, he just what he did was cut a deal that he thought of. But anyways, that's a whole other topic, like you sure, said. We should Paul. just go to Tijuana. Uh, do a Tijuana Supercross. It'll save everybody a lot didn't, of money. Didn't did you guys go to the Mexican Supercross oh, I did. years ago? Oh Paul, yeah, I did. did I, worked, yep. I worked. Yeah. for. Uh, I worked. That was my. You got to talk into the mic. You got to talk into the mic. I don't like those things in my face. I told you that. Okay. Well, can you? Why don't you move it to the center so that right. way you can look at hey, the computer? Paul. Watson, get out of my chair. <laughs> Dude, you're an idiot. I love it. Forget what I was going to say. Get I'm out over of it. You, yeah, you, you guys. Lindsay, you just rattled him. You just rattled him. Uh, no, hey, Lindsay, hey, you never would rattle me. You never could rattle me. Browns and, and TV coverage. I did watch from home this week. Thank you. Three weeks in a row. I think it's been 12 years since yeah. I've missed three rounds. It's been a long time, huh? But Fuck, the gate still fell a, there without you two. I can't can remember. I don't think I've ever missed three rounds in a row. So I'm kind of loving being at home, but missing being at the races. I'll be in Dallas, obviously, get back to action here. But I just want to say, I, I think it's, we're lucky. I'm lucky. We've had three, four weeks in a row, just perfect timing for me to be home three weeks uh, of live TV coverage. It's unbelievable. It's unprecedented for our sport. And I just want to thank everybody at Feld and also remind everybody to go to supercrossonline.com and listen to the webcast when it's not live or even when it is, if you like listening to Jason and Jim like I do. And uh, go check out supercrossonline.com. They've got great interviews, videos, and more. It's, it's a great site that doesn't get a lot of traffic for some reason, and I just want to put that out there. I know. It frustrates we to no end because they actually do speak to a lot of the heavy hitters. They do get some good scoops. And They've yet got killer Nobody talks yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, before we – K-Dub's calling in, by the way, everybody. So uh, he said around 630. We'll see, uh, we'll see how he does that. But before that, Paul, you had some interesting stats that you had looked up uh, recently. Yeah. Um, I, let, actually, let loose. 
Yeah, I was I was going to try to get to this a little bit later, but let's go to it now. Like you said, we've got a yeah. little bit of a different time schedule. Because we don't want to talk about the lights class. Do we so want to talk about the lights class? I just yeah. We don't. What's that? We don't need to talk about the no, lights Dean class. Dean did terrible this weekend. We don't have to talk about it. Oh, <laughs> Dino. He rode good. He rode fine. It's just Barsha, Purcell, and uh, Stroop are better riders. No, and you know what? Dean looked like he was a man on a mission in his heat race, that's for sure. But yeah. calm, cool, and collected, and he got that pole shot with authority. As Fro talked about on the broadcast, nailed it on the head, digging his feet in through the foot pegs, trying to get traction, holding it on that last extra second to get the whole shot. That's how you win races in the lights class, in any class for that matter. But I thought that was awesome of Dean in that, that heat race, and I thought maybe he would follow it up in the main. But when Porcel passed him in the main, it took the wind out of his sails, and it was good night, in my opinion. So you could see it in, in his posture, in my opinion. But how close did, still uh, a good ride. How close, still a good ride. How close did uh, Barsha come from uh, throwing that one away? Yeah, the tough block cover, that scares the crap out of me. Every time a guy doesn't know it's there, you're just waiting for that thing to get sucked up in the wheel and send him over the bars on a triple. I can't believe you he got Purcell that. You see what Purcell did, though? Purcell stopped. That could have saved him a championship right there. He stopped yep. and pulled yeah. it out of his wheel. Yeah, he did. He did. That was, that was now, Purcell, good. yeah, yeah. Barsha didn't know it was there. Purcell was smart and, uh, I guess, lucky I mean, he saw that it was there and pulled get, over, yeah. Like, you have, I don't know what the odds are, but let's. you have a 50-50 chance it comes off on itself. And yep. have a 50% chance that it's going to caught up in your break. So Purcell chose the right one, definitely. Yeah, um, that's the difference yep. between, I think, a seasoned guy and a rookie guy hey, just going for it. W- before we get to Paul's stats, sorry, Paul, quickly, what that's did right. you guys think about that Tapia Moss thing? That That's actually going to be in my Paul's oh, podium later, okay. later. I'm going to give Tapia a shout-out. I think, but you know. Should there yeah, have been I, some discipline there? Of course. What's the well, difference if it's what's a no-hands-on policy, then of right. course. But, what's uh, the difference between Reed and, Reed and Stewart? Or Davalos and Barsha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That yeah. just shows you how great the uh, well your guy no, over there, John too, Gallagher. They might not have seen it. I mean, I guess obviously they saw it, it on TV. Bullshit. But how could they not see it? That was the battle <clears throat> of the race. That was transfer yeah. spot. <laughs> All right, Watson. God, you're fired up tonight, dude. Gallagher's. You're really fired up. <sighs> you're really fired up. All right, yeah. Lindsay, get into your stats. I, I the one of them well, is really interesting, actually. Yeah, one of them is, is in the lights class, and I, I think it's interesting that Austin Stroop, as uh, Aaron pointed out, four for four in heat race wins and four for four in second place main events wins, or main event places. That's pretty impressive for the lights class, pretty impressive for Stroop. I know he wants to be winning, but uh, Mr. Consistency wins all four heat races in second place in all four main events and is uh, keeping Porcel honest in that championship. So uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. How about Kyle Cunningham, best finish, seventh place, equaling... Kyle Regal's best finish in seventh on that same bike. A little mm-hmm. bit interesting there. Michael Willard with the best finish too. I got some good scoop on that whole in, uh, deal right there with the uh, the Regal and uh, the, the the Valley deal. All right, well, tell us and then just don't say it. All right, I know that uh, they were super. Uh, <coughs> some of the, uh, the Regal was super bummed on his bike. Didn't think it was fast enough, uh, and uh, they had a lot of uh, different things where he was getting ready to walk. They gave him an option to say, "Hey, if you don't like it, you can bounce." and uh, they wanted out of their contract. Valley wouldn't let him out. And so what's going on now? Um, from Dallas on, he's going to be riding a 450 in Supercross. Yeah, we know that. That's not really a scoop. But this, <laughs> do you want to hear the real scoop? Okay, yeah, I you do. I'm not I'm even w- going to tell you. I got I'm some waiting. Dirt. I got some dirt, and it came from a really good source, and I'm not going to give up I have, my source. Uh, dirt on the dad? I wonder, dirt on don't the you team? know a rider on that team? Sorry, yeah. go ahead, Kenny. What would you say, Watson? You know what? Her. F you both. Go ahead. Finish your segment, Paul. Uh, all right. <laughs> We just lost our scoop. Hey, Lindsay, we just lost our scoop. Oh, God, I can't believe it. Uh, You guys are both idiots. (laughs) 
All right, go ahead, Paul. Continue on. We, maybe we're, later we're, on we we'll get a scoop. We're, we're talking about trivia. Talk about his paid up stat. Not trivia. It's not that. I just I was looking through. Uh, again, I'll give you know props where props are due. I usually slam motocross action for being just completely archaic, cynical, and and out of touch. But uh, every once in a while, they pull out a great article, and and I love it when they do their stats. And their uh, they did they did one this last month in the I don't know what issue it was, but <clears throat> regardless, it, it showed Supercross winners, all the Supercross riders who have ever won a Supercross. Uh-huh. And if you remove the we're, we're talking about parity. A lot of people compare it to NASCAR. Two fifty class or one twenty fives or two fifties or just the we're main. We're talking four fifties at the moment. Yeah, yeah, okay. Premier class two fifty four fifty two fifty back in the day four fifty now and you know a lot of people are whining that the series is boring without Reed and Stewart in there. I on the other hand think it's great that new guys are getting wins. It reminds me of the eighties when you had six guys that could win a race with Bailey, Glover, Johnson, Ward, O'Mara, Barnett. Okay, so the 80s, we know there was parity. We know that. That was the golden era. In the 90s, if you remove, the, first of all, there was more one-time winners in the 90s than, than there's been in a long time. You had guys like Matasevich, Dubok, Rick Ryan, Tortelli, Dowd. Well, Dowd was late 90s, I guess. Rick Ryan Mike was Craig. 80s. Rick Ryan was um, 80, by the way. 86, Daytona winner. 87. 84. <laughs> Rick Ryan was 80s. You're right. 87. Okay. <clears throat> So if you remove those guys and then you remove our era, the new millennium, 2000s, yep. one t- what, let's call them one-shot wonders for the moment, Josh Hill, Josh Grant, Nathan Ramsey. If you remove those guys, in the 90s, <clears throat> there was like 11 or 12 winners, okay, all wow. through the 90s. Since 2000, we've, if you remove our one-time winners or even rewind a few weeks, take Dungey and Villapoto out of the equation since I'm talking about the new parody that we're seeing. Right. And even take Davey Millsaps out of the equation. He has three now, I believe. So <clears throat> if you take those guys out, which is the new parody that we're seeing, yeah. we've had four winners since 2000. Ricky, Reed, Stewart, and Villeman, period. Four winners. And again, taking out Not Nathan Ramsey though. and Josh Grant yeah. and Josh Hill. So. I think it's great. I, I, I guess the point is that it just reminds me of the old days, which hopefully we'll see things turn around. Maybe yeah. we won't. Maybe Stewart will come back and just crush everybody from here till 2015. But at the moment, I'm enjoying it. I've, we've seen some great races. This weekend was a little boring. And sure, the Ryans, as we call them, are starting to run away with things every week. It's going to be one of those two now. But yeah. once Josh Hill gets healthy, Josh Grant gets back, the, Shorty comes back, which I'm not seeing. But The, the, so, the, the thing with the two Ryans yeah. is – the two Ryans have been up front all the races, so no one's been able to get up there. Like I haven't seen Millsaps with a start or yeah, Hill K-Dub with a start. Yeah, K Dub too. By the way, I K-Dub. left him off my list. Uh, K Dub, K Dub is a winner. By by the way, recently and yeah. in past so time. You're counting him, so. right? Um, yep. I, I did a st- I think I counted actually this Lindsay uh, back in the for Racer X days. I did some sort of stat since '93. And this was maybe 2007, so a, sca- a span of 14 years. There had only been 21 winners in 14 years total, yeah, including the yeah. one-timers, including the Ramses and such. Uh, only and through, 21 through what winners. year? Through 83? Uh, through ni- 93. 93. McGrath era. Yeah, all the I'm way not, up. I'd have to look at that. I don't know if that, that doesn't sound right, but i got are the list right here. Let's see. Don't you dare question me. Anyways, <laughs> hey, uh, uh, give us a scoop on the Regal thing, Watson. We want to hear it. All right. Because we're not going to get in trouble, just you are. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, I'm cool with the Regals. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Did you talk to him about signing him this year? No, no. never. Okay. Never. But I've, I've, Th- I've known. 33, by the way, not 23. 33. Who cares? <laughs> I just counted. All right. Are you done, Paul? 
Go ahead. Okay. Are you sure? What were you talking about? Regals. I'm trying to get that scoop I'm out of him. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm oh, kidding. Okay. Go ahead, Kenny. All right. This is what the deal is. This is what I know, and this is just my opinion. Stuff that I've seen firsthand. Regal's dad is one of those dudes that ain't, is not afraid to speak his mind. It's, if it's a black wall, he's going to call it a black wall. If it's a green wall, he's going to call it a green wall. Mm-hmm. He was not happy with the motorcycle, ever. He was supposed to ride the West Coast. They didn't have stuff prepared, so he had to ride the East Coast. They tested. They got a good motor. PC built their motor. Wasn't happy with it. Was ready to walk from their deal. Okay. Regal's dad, Mark, is super, super, super intense. He's not Antonio Alessi by any means. Stepdad, by the way. Stepdad. It's his stepdad. Yeah. It is his stepdad, yep. but he raised the kid. He's one that yep. is, you know, taking care of his racing through his amateur days, and they have a gnarly facility out there in Texas. I went there. Um, we went there testing a couple years ago at Demuth, and when that kid was like 15 years old, I seen the fire in him. He'd come home from school, ride, go to the gym, riding with Chad Johnson, and – Demuth, and I seen that kid ride Supercross, and that kid is good. I think Absolutely. if he has the right equipment and he feels you know confident, he's gonna do good. But he says he didn't like it. His parents went to bat for him. His dad is his agent. His dad calls it yep. as he sees it. And a lot of people can say, "Oh, that kid's an idiot." His dad's an idiot. Hey, you know what? That's their opinion, and they they're here and they get what they well, want. I think. And I just sorry to interrupt you. His dad calls it like he sees it, but is his dad seeing it correctly? That's well, what, we that's talked about this last week right. on the show. I don't know if you caught it, Kenny, but no, Kenny let, doesn't let's listen to the not archives. make any mistake. I'm not throwing these guys under the bus. I'm a big Kyle Regal fan. Uh, the dad, not so much. I had a little dealing with him myself that wasn't very pleasant, and I'll just leave it at that. It wasn't the end of the world. It wasn't a bit, any big deal, but uh, just not a fan of the way he does business, let's say that. Again, I'm cheering for the kid, but let's not forget they chose that team. They chose that team over three factory teams that were interested in him, and I'm just going to leave it at that. So, you reap what you sow. These guys that come into the pros thinking they can do it better than these teams, maybe they can, maybe they can't. But that's my you biggest. Can't replace yeah. twenty, thirty years of experience on some of these teams. Hey, that's, I will. I will. That's my beef, Paul. I, I think too is okay. You do understand how it works. Fine. Let these guys who have all been racing for their careers, you know, give you a good bike. And besides, at the end of the day, Regal's the one that says, "Yeah, this thing's good." You know, which yeah. I heard is what he said. Well, you know what, you, you, Paul, you've been there, Steve, and I know you've been there. You could go testing with your guy for a month and a half, two months before the season. And they're saying, my bike rips, it rips, it rips. Until they and get out get on the a race racetrack, it's a different yeah. story. And then all of a sudden, yep. it's the biggest piece of shit in the pits. And you're like, yep. dude, it was good. Well, I had nothing to compare it to. I couldn't ride with nobody. I didn't know. Right. Well, you know what? Then it's your problem. It's your fault. It's not the team's fault because you said it was good, and we would test and do whatever we want. And here, here it is, and and that's just the way it is, and that's just the way the ball bounces. I guarantee, you if Kyle Regal went out and he was on the box, everything would be great. Yep. You yeah. know, and he he had good times at Indy the first couple practice, and then you know he didn't really do that well. I mean, he, I mean, still for a rookie, he was top ten every race, which yeah. is good. Yeah, I didn't think he was doing so bad. I mean, I, I thought he was doing fine. I mean, there's there's people on Valley that are telling me that the Regals are telling them. 450 class, we will run top five. Yeah, I, don't. I mean, we'll we'll see this weekend. But uh, I think the joke you know, and, is and around. So let's uh, not forget. I, I'm not going to qualify it or discount it. Like Kenny said, though, the class is pretty uh, depleted. So yeah, I don't think after what he did outdoors in a depleted outdoor field last year that that's necessarily out of the question. He did impress me at Indy. I'll agree with that. 
in the beginning, in the uh, the lap times and in the in the, the heat, heat race, yeah. but it's all been downhill, obviously, since then. Well, it's just, I mean, I think if he would have started up there, he would have been fine, and he crashed a couple times yeah. trying super hard. But, hey, you know what the bottom line is? Good for him. He thinks he can get top five. Amen. Let him. I just hope he doesn't go out and hurt himself, and I, I hope. Yeah. And the funny thing is, the joke around the Valley team is, what happens if he beats Ivan? What happens if he schools yeah. you, Ivan? What happens if he smokes you outdoors? You know, and, and Ivan don't uh, think that's funny at all. Hey, I could see him beating <laughs> Ivan. I really could. Hey, easy. <laughs> what, indoors? Yeah. yeah, indoors. You want to make a bet? No. No, I don't want to bet you. All right. I, 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 I think... need to make up some money because I also won 500 bucks right now. Yeah, what's happening with that? Are you paying the dude in Jacksonville? I'm paying the dude in Jacksonville, and I'm going to give him a full VIP tour okay. for the weekend. He's going to give him a team shirt, and he's going to hang out, and he's going to be my assistant. Does he know this? Do he's I need gonna... to tell him that, or have you emailed Well, him? hopefully he's listening Okay. because I was going to break news to him. He's going to be the <laughs> assistant team manager. Where I'm going to let him go up into the, uh, the to the tower with me, wow, and uh, look at lap times and maybe smell some of Roger DeCoster's bo and be part of the team. Hey. Uh, that's hey. awesome. That is that's awesome. quite a, that's hey, quite a we got like Hey, we got like two minutes before okay. Kevin calls in. I just yep, want right. to shout out real quick, uh, right. Jesse Masterpool. Prayers, thoughts, and prayers. If you don't pray, send your thoughts to his, him and his family. Timmy Wiegand, uh, Kenny, you know well. Apparently, uh, some type of health issue this week—a small stroke or something. Um, yeah. James Eichel, ouch. Ooh, All of us Eichel. remember James from back in the 90s. Watson's got Eichel stories, I'm sure. Uh, Eichel was, a, Eichel was yeah, my rider exactly. for my team. Yep, Eichel wrote yep, for you, so, that's right. Uh, yeah. Enough said on that. And then uh, last but not least, huge props out to Mark Blanchard, a friend of mine, calling her quits, an industry pioneer. One industry is JT. You guys could read about it on Racer X, but uh, Mark is going to spend some time with his family, and I'm I'm for one of them uh, envious. Those French hold, guys hold on, hey, have Paul, it figured out. Paul, hold on. Hit. Hold on. Uh, MotorWorldRacing.com. Who's this? Kevin Wingham. Oh, it's Kevin Wyndham. You got the wrong number. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you there, Paul Lindsay, but we have Kevin Wyndham on the line calling in at exactly 632. I love it. I'm on <laughs> time, right? Yeah, I know it. That's awesome. Uh, you're live on the air right now, K-Dub, with uh, myself, Mathis, Paul Lindsay, and actually we have a special guest in studio this week. Uh, some would call him the original K-Dub. Uh, oh, man, he... I got to go, guys. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. uh, Watson. Uh, I've never seen you say that in front of him, Kenny. Shit, Kevin. Maybe, maybe when we were playing poker. Shit, he's the real sweet. K-Dub is now on the phone. Whoa, whoa there we go. All That's right. Hey, Dub. Hey, yeah, we, me and you, dude. Isn't Lindsay one of the shittiest poker players you ever played with in your life? <laughs> he, he had a bad beat at, at my poker tournament a long time ago, and he, he blamed it on on the entire audience. Like he said, man, they, they misread my hand. Man, that ain't what I had. Nah, dude, he has more <laughs> hey, excuses. Hey, but who knocked you out of the tournament, Kevin? Yeah, I was out pretty early, man. Uh, that was me that knocked you out. Don't forget. Hey, Paul, but, but he didn't even want to play. So. My, wouldn't it look bad if I won my own tournament? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's an excellent point. Uh, uh, hey, K-Dub, get... Uh, before we get started on the season stuff, what's the craziest story you know about Kenny Watson? He well, he, he thinks he has one. one. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go with you know being that I'm back in the backwoods of, of Mississippi. I'm going to have to go with the time that uh, we dared him to eat a green frog off the window that we found out later was was like highly poisonous and probably could have killed him, and he did it pretty much just for a laugh. And he <laughs> ate a frog. Yeah, but I mean this this frog was like. Uh, it was something that came out of the woods of Africa. I don't even know how it ended up here. You know, it was like it just had death written all over. That was dessert after the crawfish, whatever you fry, whatever you call that thing, when half of your uh, neighborhood comes down and puts it all out. That was awesome, dude. By the way, 
There's one thing about down here. We'll fry anything, man. I mean, if you can eat it, it's better fried. <laughs> it's fried. That's right. Uh, hey, Kevin, uh, talk about your season so far and uh, your last weekend's race in Toronto. Uh, we were talking about the track. Was it a good track or a shitty track? What We're, we're divided on that. Uh, well, you know, by Canada standards, I was pretty, pretty pumped with it just because the dirt wasn't frozen when they brought it in. So that's a big step, you know, in the right direction. But, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like what we have down here. And I, I, I just... Man, I just feel like they could do a lot better. It was uh, a little frustrating, but uh, we didn't have a good ride there, so that always makes it not as fun. I'm sure if you won, it would be like the best track ever made. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the dirt was a little, you know, well, a lot rocky and, and silty. And uh, uh, I don't know what's up with Supercross right now, but they seem to be putting a lot of switchbacks in their designs. And, you know, like we were saying in, in, in Toronto, it's just hard to get the 450s been around these real tight corners, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, see, my, my thinking was, like I liked some of the like the obstacle before the finish. I thought that was really cool, and I liked the sand um, as a as a fan as a spectator. I liked the long whoops, but then the lack of real racing kind of showed us that it wasn't a great track. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I I, I gotta be honest with you. I was watching halfway through. I'm like, man, this this is boring. You know, <laughs> of the of the lights or you know some of the other mains. It just kind of mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah, didn't, you had to come from behind be- again. Congratulations, by the way, your 100th top five finish. Yeah, I was I was kind of. Cool stat. I don't know who pulls these stats up, but uh, yeah, it was that was cool. You're only, it's, uh, Brett Farvish. Tra- uh, Mathis loves it when we compare everybody to Brett Farvish. Trailing Ferry, probably trailing Ferry by still another fifty or so, but whatever. Top five? Yeah. No. Darts or top five? Uh, top five. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, I just had to get Ferry in the show at some point. I figured that. Um, what about your season so far? You know, you had a couple of bad races, uh, your bike, bike malfunction in San Diego, and then uh, a crash at Indy. Uh, take away those two poor races, though, and you're right in the hunt, uh, at least uh, to get the uh, one of the th- one of the top three spots anyways, right? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot better of a year than, than last year. You know, I mean, and obviously everyone knows we're, we're missing two of the two of the big dogs, and of course Grant as well, and uh, there was some good racing we had this year, uh, just I really, right now, it boils down to just the consistency of getting starts for me and being able to uh, to be there. I mean, my times are on the board every weekend now, which is really cool. Uh, last year in in uh, in '09, I couldn't find find the board. You know, if there was like six guys out there, I wasn't I wasn't on the board. I just was super slow, and you know, it's kind of bummed. So it's it's good to have my speed back at least, and uh, just need to get the consistency off the line and and not come from like. 23rd or whatever, you know, I was really pumped to have extra three guys to pass on the line. <laughs> yeah, that's been frustrating for me to watch as well, Kevin, seeing you find your speed two, three weeks in a row now, number one, literally in time practice, and then having to fight your way just to get a fourth or a fifth. Has it just been the starts, basically? Yeah, coming from where I came from this weekend, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, wasn't in the cars. I, just, I didn't have that much speed. and track was pretty difficult to pass. Um, the corners were, were so rocky that you couldn't couldn't really drive around the corners real hard, so it was hard to get two or three bikes in a corner at once. And uh, you know, now in Supercross, has adapted these little little berms that you know aren't good for racing either. I think we need to go back to big bowl corners and and bigger berms. But um, yeah, I mean that's it. You know, just just get it, get off in a position where you know you got guys like Trey who said you know I rode a horrible race, but he was just there from the beginning. I heard him on the podium say he wasn't really pumped with high road, but when you're there, you can you can afford to you know have have bad laps if, if others are stuck back in traffic. Hey, Dub, with the lappers, uh, with all those other guys that usually never are in the main event, do the, the, I mean, I noticed some of those guys got lapped three times. Were they uh, any, any, was there any big roadblocks out there? Um, 
it wasn't bad, too bad for me. I think that I was never really got around to laughing because I was too busy trying to pass him the first time. Hey, dude, I told Billy to stay home this week too to help you out. Nice, nice. But uh, no, man, Billy, Billy's a good dude. I just, I was uh, I was running a short fuse that weekend trying to find the top of the. Uh, you know, it was lame though. Is what they do is the dirt works guys, Paul, or did a really <clears> lame <throat> job at, at Indy. They would put tough blocks in the fast line. So these guys are trying to do a, a hot lap, and they come up on guys. They have nowhere to go in the whoops. So they have, to, you know, if they're not, if they're just rolling through, and a guy comes through and it blows their times. So that was the biggest problem. And you know, if Kevin, well, Kevin got kind of damned heated, if you do, damned if you don't. They put those there so that the racing's better in the main event. You know that. Yeah, I do know that. But they need to say that if they're going to leave it like that for a time practice, they need to have the track the way it's going to be on race day. If I, I agree with that. I don't know why they would do that in the last practice session, but okay, that's another well, that's, subject. That's what the problem is here, buddy. Yeah, K-Dub, you're getting a taste of Watson and Lindsay arguing every week like they do. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You should, dude. you dig it because you'd pull for the real K-Dub. <laughs> hey, uh, Kevin, I guess uh, what about the uh, switch to production suspension for you? A couple years now, uh you got the the 09 Honda has got a bad rap out there from some guys that ride it, but uh, you've seen to adapt it to it. You're a bigger guy, and uh, at at the boot, you've switched from uh, works components to uh, modified production stuff. Uh, must be you must be agreeing with that, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm liking it a lot. We've we've done uh, very minor clicks and changes, you know, going from West Coast to East Coast, and and of course down to Daytona, which is the one off deal that you got to kind of set up special for, but. We've been in that ballpark at every round, and uh, you know, for us, it's just kind of been taking the bike back to its roots, and, and that's worked well for us. Um, you know, the lights guys are doing it, we're doing it, and we went away from the from the big oversized stuff. And I think that we just found with the chassis for for whatever reason, the way it was built worked worked best like that. So, what kind of suspension are you running? Are you running uh, production Kiaba or production uh, Showa stuff? Uh, we're we went back and forth, but right now we're on the Showa stuff. So that's pretty much what's stock on a 250F, right? Uh, you'd have me lying. No, I don't know what comes stock on a 250F. Uh, that's that's why I like you, dude. You're just straight up and honest. <laughs> I can't well, they, it seems like they switch it every other day. We had a caller call in and go, hey, K-Dub's wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I That know. guy's an idiot. Go <laughs> fly your airplane. Uh I wonder how picky you are with a bike, though. One time, Allie told me that he just set all your levers up, all your controls, and basically you jumped on and rode it. So are you a picky kind of guy? Like Tim Ferry was uh, very sensitive to fork set height changes, front tires, air pressure in the front end. Uh, what kind of rider are you? Are you at this point in your career, are you just a grip it and rip it kind of guy? Or? Well, I think with time and, and over, over years of really working hard to know what you like and then working to get what you like, when you don't get it, you're you're pretty been out of shape. I mean, oh, yeah. As far as you know, a lever being you know off a you know a couple degrees on the bar or something like that, I'm I'm pretty cool with that. And, and even bar position and stuff, it can be, you know, as long as it's within the ballpark, I'm I'm cool with it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Nally's worked for you forever, so he could probably set your levers up and your bars blindfolded. Yeah, he he just sat sat on it and he's like, yeah, this needs to go up or down. He would he would go to a race early and set 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 the bike up, but. Uh, you know, as far as like the components are moving the forks up or down a mill, yeah, I mean, just a millimeter in, in the motorcycle world does the, does the world a difference. And, uh, yeah, I can get pretty vocal about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, what do you make of uh, the kid on your team, Justin Barsha? He's uh, a little controversial, got his first win this weekend. Uh, I talked to him after the main event, and he said that he was told that he had to kind of rein it in a little bit. He wasn't going to make a lot of friends, and so it's difficult for him. He's trying to find that balance. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Barsha and his season so far? 
Well, I think it's kind of, uh, you know, one of those double-edged sword situations where, like, I think that he just rode so fast and won because he knew that if anybody caught him, they were going to kill him and just punt him off the back. So, <laughs> I mean, if that's motivation for him and that's how he needs right. to win, you know, it's like, it's tough, you know, because you don't want to change a guy and their roots and who they are, and I think that the motor, motocross world needs, uh, you know, all the guys that we have from Jay Laws to, to Barsha's to, you know, myself and, and everyone in between. And, you know, I think that... Uh, it's not my style, and I think that going out and hitting people in the first lap of practice is kind of ridiculous. But um, you know, he'll he'll have to deal with it however he deals with it, and uh, he hasn't made any friends at all. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to make for a very long career for him. You know, I kind of I gave him the advice. Me is that some at some point in your career, you're going to need somebody on that track. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's a very uh, individual sport, but we all know that you know there's people that give a little bit more away when they're being lapped or, you know, let up a little bit more in certain situations when they know they've been beat. You know, you get that handlebar on somebody and they kind of do the checkup thing or whatever. So, I mean, I just told them, I said, you know, at some point on championship runs or whatever, you, you need some love, you need some help. Because if he was in a points chase with other people where the team was, was bigger than just a one- or two-man team, now you're looking at, you know, four or five guys that may have a big target on, on his back. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he really great this weekend. He's a, he's a talented guy, you know, and if that's who he is, that's who he is. He's just going to have to uh, you know, dig his hole or have to lay in it if he continues. Yeah, to Kevin, let's talk about that for a second. It's a perfect segue because there's some people online calling you out, of all people. At this stage in your career, I think you've gone far enough to prove that if somebody messes with you, like the, the Villeman incident in Phoenix, that you yeah. can punt somebody with the best of them, but that you're not going to do anything dirty or cheap to any of your competitors, but yet some of these guys are calling you out online for some of the passes you made this weekend. Talk about the track. And, and just for the record, people, I think, like I said, at least from my perspective, I don't think Kevin deserves that type of a label as a dirty rider, but talk about some of the passes you had to make and how difficult they were on this track this weekend. Probably about the only one this weekend that was dirty was uh, was coming out, of, uh, coming out of, I guess that would be one going into two after the triple. Um, I had got a good run up on uh, Hill. He had he had made a little bit of a bobble uh, in the earlier part of the rhythm section. There was a little bit of a rhythm before the triple, and I built up some steam. And he looked over in the air at me over the triple, and it had kind of turned down in, into me in the air. And I had, I had position on him, so I went in there, and uh, I don't think he went down. You know, um, I've certainly hit people. You know, like the Villeman thing, I, I, I nailed him. <laughs> Um, yes, you did. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I don't think we even rubbed paint. I don't, I'm kind of confused on what what instant. Maybe they can be more specific on which one they thought was dirty. But yeah, I read a I few things. Know. I think it was between Daytona and this week. But again, when you guys are all hitting the fast line and, and you're trying to come through the back like you've been, I mean, shit happens. I, and uh, somebody said about way. I, I, somebody said way when you passed him. I didn't see it, so I can't comment on it. But was I, it in the sand, Kevin? Like he was going to the outside, and you dove to the inside, and he came up on you. No, I passed way going into the, the uh, sand section. You know how they put that big mogul on the inside? Yeah. To try to encourage people to go to the outside? Right. I was coming through the whoops on, on the outside. What, you know, coming into that left-hander at the end of the whoops, I was on the right side, which would be the outside. Mm-hmm. He was on the left side, which would be the inside, and I got position on him, and I just started to the inside. I wasn't going to go outside and let him box me out coming on the, out of the sand. Yeah. But I had to jam on the binders when I got on that mogul. So being that I was on top of the mogul, struggling to get to position to, to, you know, to box him out. He wasn't up the mogul yet. And you know how, like, when you lose momentum in sand, I could hear him behind me just like, whoa, whoa, just working the clutch, trying to trying to get the machine back going again. But, um, 
Yeah. Once again, I don't know how dirty you can be being on the outside of somebody. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what? I do remember that. I did see that. And, uh, yeah, I just, you just squeezed it in there. No big deal. Yeah, there was room and you took it. Yeah. So. Hey, Doug, you've been racing a while, dude, and I've known you for quite Talk, a bit. Talking to the mic, Kenny. Don't tell me what. Dude, Kevin, you should see they got this big black thing in front of my face, and I told him the first time I don't like these things in my face. <laughs> but, uh, hey, you've been racing a pretty long time, and I've been around surprised since the beginning of your career. Who do you think? And I have my opinion on this. That's been your your rival through your career. Guys that you raced with that you've – I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't like you at the races that you race against. So you can't say you have any enemies, but your, your biggest rival that you've always enjoyed racing throughout your career. Um, you know, it's kind of gone, gone full, full – you know, like I, I really enjoyed racing with uh, – um, McGrath, when I was able to give him a run, you know, I'd kind of gotten to a point where we were going back and forth a couple races. Um, I enjoyed riding with uh, Ezra. Um, r- really enjoyed riding with Ricky for, for a while. We got, he got, you know, we got into some battles, too. I mean, I, I think everybody, all the guys that have been at the top have been okay to race with. I think the only one that, like, and Fro will tell you about it himself, Fro was the famous for fading over on people on, you know, on triple faces. Yeah. <laughs> um, which was which was pretty pretty dangerous, but I, you know, my big thing is like I, I just don't get how like a lot of guys don't like talking in the pits. Like I'm just I guess I like to talk. It doesn't bother me. Like if I go out and race and somebody you know has a great race with me, I don't I don't really feel like they're going to gain an advantage on me for the for the next weekend by you know just yeah shooting, shooting the breeze after the race. You know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's what the sport's missing. You know, if you. Uh, I mean, if you if you look at the NASCAR guys, they're talking to each other. Any other sport, they're really like, you know, the camaraderie is pretty tight. And, I mean, if you go back to when you're an amateur, you raced against those guys as amateurs. And what were you guys doing at Loretta's? You guys were hanging out at night, going to the, you know, over to play pool and driving around in golf carts and doing your thing. And all of a sudden, it's it's way more serious because you're a professional. I understand that. But I, 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 I agree with you. You know, a lot of these guys just lock themselves up and don't even yeah. want to talk. But. Wow. I mean, you won't see a Stewart or a Reed outside of their autograph sessions you won't see them outside the truck and i don't know i'm not judging them but that's the truth so i am they need to come out of hibernation okay give back to the sport <laughs> uh uh but it's not about i mean I, I don't really think that they owe anything to anybody but you know i, I like when kids ask me like your their dads would come up and be like man what does my son need to do to make it and i'm like your son needs to have fun i mean exactly. the eight. you know i mean go out Use it for what it is. Spend time with your family. You know, go out and enjoy riding dirt bikes. And you know, Kenny was right. Um, you know that you have to. You know, once you turn pro, it's a, it's a job. It's a different. You owe, you know you owe things to your sponsors to give it your all. But I don't think you know not not conversating really isn't yeah doing your sponsor justice either. You know. Well, you know, when I was a mechanic, I remember you down the line more than a few times joking around and laughing. So you're saying that now. Obviously, I'm up in the press box now. But you're saying that doesn't go on as much as it used to. I don't think it's, it goes on as much as it used to. No, yeah. I, I think ever ever since uh, I don't really know when, but it, you know, I think that the sports changed to the point where you know everybody kind of keeps themselves more and uh, does their own thing. You know, F- funny story. Uh, one time we were in heat two. Wyndham was in heat one. I was working for Timmy, and we were arguing about Wyndham's amateur number, what it was, and I said it was five eleven. Timmy said it was five ten. Or whatever, yeah. And so we were arguing, and he's like, "Go ask him." And I'm like, "He's getting ready for a heat. Go ask him." And KW probably don't remember <laughs> this. I ran up to you while you were on the line, not 30 second board or nothing. I'm like, "KW, we got a bet. What was your amateur number?" And you were like, 510, dog or something." And I'm like, "Okay." And we, I ran back. Like it just was funny. Like I lost the bet, and and but you were laughing and like 
Timmy was pumping his fist uh, that he was right, and it just that stuff doesn't happen, I guess, anymore. <laughs> and the the flip side is those guys, you know, I mean, whatever it takes for them to go fast, that's what they got to do. And for me, I just I, the less I think that I think about the race, sometimes the better off I am. You know, I just like. <laughs> You know, I don't don't want to think about it too much. I just want to go out and do what what comes natural. You know. So hey, Dub, what's what have you been up to? Like, how's how's everything in the new house and all the kids and Dottie and and your dad and your mom? Is everything everything chilling out there? Yeah, everybody's great, man. Just uh, we uh, worked some cows today. We turned the bulls in with the with the cows. So uh, have some breeding going on here before long. And right now, I'm sitting outside. I just got finished landscaping around my pool. I'm trying to get that looking all sano. You know, it's getting warm. Springtime's in the air. Oh. Yeah, you know, just just. Being so you, you've come a long ways from the chicken coop on the side of the barn, right? Yeah, we've 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 moved up, but we still, you know, we still got our chickens. We still eat our own egg, you know, eggs here at the house. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just you know when we used to go to the house, me and Phil back in the day, you know, uh, did you see Factory at the race a couple weeks ago at the last Anaheim? No, he sent me a message that he was going to be there, but he, he, he yeah, he came by. by. We were talking. He's like, "Hey, do you remember when we were at?" Uh, k-dub's house and i'm like how could i forget it he goes do you remember voss when voss was looking at the program and he seen a picture of his sister and he said god she's hot <laughs> dude dude we were laughing so hard about that you remember how voss like we would all hang out and voss would just lock himself in the motorhome <laughs> that was great we had a good time man that was a good thing about kevin like doors are always open if you're a top guy or you're a privateer you know he doesn't care yeah and that's what it's about you've you know? taken in hibbard you've taken in canary among others hey he's taking in bobby can I right now? Thanks for that, by the way, Kevin. Yeah, no, no worries. He actually just left. I think he's doing a race back uh, back home this weekend. Got yep. uh, got Kyle Gills coming to ride with me tomorrow. Uh, the Gills brothers they're they're down mm-hmm. in this area. So uh, yeah, just just look for guys to ride with. I, you know, I like I like having people around, and being able to ride with folks. You know. Do you think when your career is over that you do some kind of like motocross schools, or when it's done, it's done? You're flattening the track and putting no, the cows I, out I there. Mean, I just, we're never going to see K-Dub again. That's my prediction. Well, we I, never, I know, we I know. Will never see K-Dub again. I, he, Kevin told me this probably 10 years ago. He said, you know, when I'm done, I'm going to get in my mule. I'm going to fill it full of Visqueen and Coors Lights and grab my shotgun and drive out in the woods and do what I do. And I said, that sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> yeah, just a huge ass <laughs> back, to, back to the, yeah. the big rig. It's hey, like, this yeah. is what I do, man. And it's, yeah. like, it's, so, it's such a scary time right now to think about what's next. You know I mean? Like, I, I, I just can't see myself. I mean, all of us, everybody on the phone right now, the guess of the years that we have in the sport, I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. So, I mean, I, I just, I can't do, I can't leave, I can't turn my back on on the sport and, or just not be a part of it, you know, I just, I don't think that I dude, can do that. Dude, isn't it crazy how know. time flies, dude? It doesn't even, it's like, I can't yeah. even imagine, I mean, I look back at it and I'm like, dude, that was like 10 years ago, that's 15 years ago, I'm just like, holy shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I'm still I mean, single I and mingling, dude, this is crazy. I don't know if my fulfillment's going to come from my son wanting to race or from schooling or working as a you know team manager. I'm sure Mike LaRocco will probably be tired of managing by the time I'm done. There you go. So, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'll do, but I, I just don't see myself leaving. Do you think right you'd fin- you're going to finish your career where you're at at Factory Connection, or, or do you have another uh, team left in you? Yeah, I don't know. I, I hope to go to 2014, and I hope that I stay yeah. there. You know, I mean, obviously it's been a good career. Um, I, I was really nervous going into this season, but I think that we've got things back on the right track. And, uh you know, it's a good home for me. I mean, they, they gave me a good opportunity when I came out of my little retirement or hiatus when I broke my femur. And, uh, you know, I, I get along well with the team. And uh, Yeah, I don't, at this point, I, I would love to be able to finish it out there. Hey, sure. K-Dub, are you surprised at uh, Trey Kennard? Is this, does this shock you like it shocks me? I am. You know, and the little 
Master keeps coming up and asking me for advice, and I'm like, dude, I can't give you no more. You keep beating me every weekend. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like, what? Well, you know what? Well, I need. Can I jump this? I'm like, yeah, you can. And next weekend, I'm gonna be like, no, that jump's way too big. <laughs> no, back, back it down, son. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't. You know, I can't even find him on the track. He's so far ahead of me. I'm like, what? You know, what's going on here? It's crazy. Yeah, I thought he was done after that. This crash. He had a close one there that first race, and he he surprised the shit out of me, man. Yeah, we, we laughed at it about it. You know, he went from being Larry Loop out to, you know, like, you know nice. Yeah. Him every other time. So. And his fitness is good? I mean, it, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. So, what do you think it's going to take him to get to that next level to catch up with those other guys? Uh, in, in the home race this weekend in Dallas. Yeah, I think he's, uh, he's those two up front are, are really starting to, you know, I think taste and smell the blood, you know. I mean, they're, they're getting down to crunch time, so they're starting to, Take some pretty good risk, and I don't. I don't know if Trey. I think Trey needs to be happy where he's at because I think he needs to keep his eye on the lights thing. And, and we, he's shown that at the first round. Uh, he's shown at the first round that you know things can go bad on a 450 real quick. You know, in, a, in the blink of an eye. And uh, I think he's doing well, man. I think he's getting his feet wet enough, and uh, he needs to uh, ride the next couple of rounds, try to find another podium, if, unless if I can knock him off. Of hey, are you looking forward to uh, your favorite race of the year coming up? Dallas. No, the other one. But, What's my favorite, Houston. Vegas? Houston. Crawfish. Houston. The crawfish. Everyone brings yeah, out Houston's the food. Good. I got a lot of friends wanting to go to Dallas this year. It's going to be a good one for, for me there. I think, uh, you know, part of them want to watch the race, and the other, other just want to see the big TV in the middle of the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, if you want to have a question for K-Dub, uh, call in right now. We've only got them for a little bit longer. But call in 702-586-7857. That's for Kevin Windham, not Kenny Watson. Yeah, Kenny, not Kenny Watson. You can talk to Kevin Windham, which is much better than Ke- Kenny Watson. <laughs> I so, suck. Uh, give a, call in and, uh, and K-Dub will answer some questions from you guys, the fans. Uh, K-Dub, what, so basically you're thinking 2014, you're standing by that. You've got, so you've got, does it change your mindset knowing that you're coming up to the end? I mean, uh, is it, does it add urgency or does it, you just take it the same way? Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, the urgency comes from anything other than just uh, you know times ticking away. And as you know, I mean, it, the years go by quicker and quicker. And, and uh, you know, as long as I can keep it on, you know, not necessarily on two wheels, but keep from getting hurt, you know, bad again, because we all know the ground gets harder and harder every year as well. And the competition is willing to do different things and go harder. And you know, I, I really feel like this year I'm in a better place than I was last year. Am I as fast as I've ever been? Like it, you know, going back to maybe '08 or even you know earlier in my career. I, you know, I don't know, but as long as I can kind of keep holding my own, and, and uh, you know, it'll be obvious when it's time for me to go and make make room for for new guys coming in. But mm-hmm. you know, right now I think 2014 is just kind of a you know magical number for so many reasons, and it would be you know 20 years of professional racing along with my number and that was pretty much enough to try to hey dub do you remember that magical night why do you keep interrupting him he's the guest. january 19th 2000 uh, 1997 january 19th 1997 how does watson remember this come on los angeles coliseum yeah i do as a matter of fact that was was a great night that was a fantastic night i I fell 15 times and you on still almost won That? And almost still almost won, dude. You got up off the ground and caught everyone, got off the ground, caught everyone, and you still hit the box, though, didn't you? Did you get third? Yeah, but, man, I, I, you know, it was overshadowed by, uh, you know, a, a twisted-up piece of metal bike that had go, been coast road over the finish line. But And, I mean, Kenny's <laughs> tuning just really took that 
to the edge. You oh, know? man. You should have seen that bike. That thing was so sick. Uh, <laughs> hey, K-Dub, uh, one of the guys uh, I've talked to at the, at the Geico team told me that uh, LaRocco has been a big part of your uh, your improved riding. He's really challenging you and really make, staying on you to, to uh, I guess, keep up the drive or whatever. Uh, talk about the change from JC to LaRocco and all the things that LaRocco uh, works with you on. I mean, does he just yell at you and scare you, or how does that? Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's uh, he's he's an intimidating, intimidating dude, but um, you know, I, I just kind of went off early in the season and, and talked to him, you know, kind of you know, somewhat in private. We were actually out testing. I just kind of had him walked him out to the track and, and sat down and wrapped with him a little bit and just you know, I asked him about when it was time for him to go and how he knew and just you know, I was coming off a really bad year and had, had really struggled to get a, get a ride in 2010 and. Uh, was was just you know what you know just starting to you know drill him on some questions like that and you know after watching and how I was riding and and uh, you know he just kind of came up with new ways of thinking outside the box for me where you know you you do these things you you know you've been pro for 16 years or whatever and you start you know well this has worked for me in the past so this is what I need to do but as your mind changes your you know in your age you get up in years you know you got to start thinking outside the box and. Uh, Really, the biggest thing was just finding new ways to push myself and, and try to find that extra second and and uh, you know do things mm-hmm. a little bit different. But but through all this, you know, we've we've done things as a team, we've done things as as individuals, and uh, you know every time he challenges me, it's just for whatever reason it's been a big deal for me to try to step up to the challenge. All right, we got a couple calls on the line. You want to you want to talk to some fans? Let's get it going. Hey, hey it's going to be hard to top K Dub though. He's the number one fan. He's got he's got me tattooed on his wrist. Uh, he does. He does. I know. Uh, <laughs> Good point. Hey, MotorWorldRacing.com, Moto Show, you're on the air with Kevin Windham. Who's this? This is Jake from uh, Henderson, Nevada. Hey, Jake, not far from the studio location. Uh, yeah, uh, up in Anthem, the hills. Uh, hey, Mathis, Lindsay, both K-dubs. Uh, Kevin, I have a question quick for you, and then I'll get off the line. Um, everybody always talks about your riding style. I mean, obviously, you have the best riding style ever, bar none, um, it, but who do you like to watch? I mean, Carmichael, Pastrana, everybody always talks about you're the best, you know, you have the best riding style in the world, but what is your favorite person to watch? Like, who, who's your, you know, Carmichael, Stewart, you know, anyways, I'll take Good that question. off. Good question. Good question. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, probably the, here recently would have been, uh, would be James. I, I think that he rides the way that he, you know, kind of. It just looks like he penetrates the jump so hard, like he just goes through it. Through it, yeah. But but is in control, and uh, you know, I mean, obviously he he's had a couple crashes, and when he does go down, he's going so damn fast, he it hits him hard. But I think that he he looks really good when he rides. And uh, another one, you know, back a couple years was McGrath. I thought he was probably one of the most methodical riders, and just uh, really was good at hitting his marks and. Um, those two probably, you know, right off the top of my head. And, you know, a little footnote to that. When I watch myself ride, I, I don't dig it, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't dig it. But, you know, I mean, uh, it's weird because people ask me, how, how do I get my style? And I, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that that's what you got, man. Whatever you got is what you I got. I bet you don't feel like you're as smooth as you're being, right? You feel like you're hanging off the rear fender the whole time. Like, yeah, oh, I mean, and I think that's a huge misconception that people think that it's easy because it looks easy, but, I mean, it's still like my heart is still racing. It's still, you know, you're still getting pumped. You're still going through the same motions. But uh, I'd answer this question. Those two guys probably uh, in the, you know, yeah, 
here recently and, and uh, going back to the McGrath. Uh, yeah, good good question. Let's take another one here. Motorworldracing.com Moto Show. You're on the air with Kevin Windham. Who's this? Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. We can hear hey, you. How's it going? This is Pat from Upstate New York. Hey, Pat, what's going on? Nothing, just not supposed to listen to the show. Oh, you're, you're breaking up, Pat. Upstate New York, cell phone service. Not that good. Can you hear me now, man? We can hear you now. You got one more shot, bud. I just got a question for Wim about up at Unadilla riding the 250F this year. I'm a huge fan. Kevin probably just, doesn't remember anything about that race. What <laughs> <laughs> was going through your head that second motor? Were you just like, shit, I got to finish this on this 250F? Yeah, well, I, I was uh, I was late to the gate, which uh, this year apparently uh, they had adopted, like, you know, all of a sudden we think at the Nationals we're like the FIM or something. Yeah. And uh, I was pretty pretty bummed. I was I was got vocal and got got to yelling and stuff. And I lost my gate. I was I was the last pick of the gate. And I, you know, I kind of just like it became so real. I was like, what the, what the hell am I doing? You know, I'm I'm fat. I, I weigh 200 pounds. Canard's lined up next to me. He weighs a buck 35. Like, how am I going to get there to the turn? And and in theory, you know, like riding and practicing, I had a blast on that thing. Man, it was like the most fun I've had on a motorcycle in so long. Yeah. It's time and practice, by the way, right? Yeah, but I, I was able to carry momentum. Mm-hmm. I was able yep. to run my own lines and go wherever I wanted, whenever I wanted, and, and, and kind of keep keep all my weight going. And then, uh, you know, you get into a situation where you're in a race and you're in 40th position, which I have proven that I can do on a 452, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm in the back, and I'm going in these corners, and when, when the riders stop, I stop with them, and they go, and I'm working a clutch to death just trying to get back going. So... Uh, wanted to get back out, just really felt the need to ride, and, and really loved riding the 250F, but uh, looking back on it, was not one of the smarter things I've done in my career. <laughs> all right, we'll take a couple more questions for you, then we'll let you go, K-Dub. I appreciate you coming on the show. We all do. Uh, MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. You're on the air with Kevin Windham. Who's this? Mark Williams. Hey, what's up, Mark? How are you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for calling in. Do you got a question um, for the original K-Dub? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Kevin, uh, I've always wondered, everybody refers to you as, you know, natural or gifted, and, you know, it's obvious to an extent, but how does that make you feel? I've always wondered, like, people refer to you and Ricky and James uh, like that, and you put so much effort into, you know, riding, growing up, motos, day after day. Uh, going to the races, racing two and three classes on a weekend, and then they they make it sound like you're born with the ability when you've gone through all this effort your entire life to get to the ability that you're at. What was the question in there? <laughs> well, how does, that, how does that make me feel? Okay, I mean, all does, right. Okay. How does does that... he ever say, hey, I worked hard for this. This wasn't given to me. All right. Thanks for the call, man. Well, what do you think, K-Dub? Do you feel like you get a little bit of uh, of um, criticism for your your easygoing riding style, like as if you're not doing anything? No, I, I, I actually always think of it as, as a really good thing, and, and I'm super pumped when, when people say it. You know, I think that uh, – I don't think that anyone thinks that you can ride like I ride or like anyone rides on the track uh, on any level without – you know, I shouldn't say any level, any professional level without some serious work. I mean, everyone who lines up has done work, and I've never taken it as a – you know, as an insult, like, man, I, I'm more talented than someone else, so I should do better. I, I think that, uh, you know, I always get the feeling that it comes in, you know, 
you know, people being really stoked on it and just uh, glad to see it. And that, uh, you know, I think that everyone would probably understand it. it takes a lot of work. I've never taken it the wrong way or that like like the way he was implying it. Right, right. Okay, all right. Hey, uh, Paul, any more questions for K-Dub before we let him go? No, I'm good. We've kept him long enough, that's for sure. Yeah, we definitely have. Uh, Watson, anything else to say to Kevin Windham? Keep it real, Dub. Yeah, Dub. Uh, there we go. Hey, thanks, My Kevin. For, right there. Yeah, that, that is. Uh, I know early on it was, a, it was a big controversy in the pits. Who was K-Dub and who wasn't? But usually when you said, hey, K-Dub picked up those strippers and then he didn't sleep all night, Everyone kind of knew which one you were talking which about. That we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, kind of depended on the story. And then they said, "Hey, there's K Dub in the motorhome pushing the stroller." They knew who that was <laughs> because if I could find one like you did, I'd be pushing a stroller too. But it's pretty yeah. hard to find him. I got to hang out. Yeah, yeah. You certainly do. All right. Well, hey, thanks, Kevin, for being on the show. Uh, we missed you last week, but it was more me panicking than you not wanting to do it. So I was there, man. I was there. Yep. It was good, good to be on tonight. Glad we could catch up. Thanks for the calls, and uh, we'll see you all around, man. Appreciate it. Right on. Yep, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks. All right, Kevin Windham on the show right there. Uh, for, and for now, let's uh, let's go to a commercial. What do you guys say? Let's uh, go to a commercial. Kenny can uh, get hydrated, and then we can uh, we can go to and uh, do the right things. All right, thank you. For he can listening. move out of my chair back to his chair. Yeah, there you go. Thank you for listening to the MotorWorldRacing.com <laughs> Moto Show. We'll be back shortly. All right, Steve, let's talk a little bit about our buddies over at MotorWorldRacing.com, those fine folks that used to have that race team with me. You know, we won a few races along the way, and, you know, I got to know those guys, and all the way back from 1999 when they started their own race team and had their MotorWorldRacing.com site up and running, they've been pioneers in the dot-com commerce, if you will, and they've always seemed to have these great prices and great customer satisfaction. I don't know how they've pulled it off for this long, but they're definitely one of the premier sites and now with this radio show jump right back in the thick of things in the racing business yeah it's great to have them on and and the title sponsor for this uh, moto show uh, motorworldracing.com brian junkie glenn boggy owners down there great guys and uh, you get a little bit of a discount just for listening to this show that's right we offer our listeners exclusively if you go to motorworldracing.com right now and you plug in the promo code moto show at checkout you're going to receive a special 10 percent off your entire order 10% just for listening. Yeah, that's that's how we roll here, and that's how MotorWorldRacing.com rolls once again. Like I said, in all seriousness, they do have a wide selection of everything you need. And, uh, again, great prices, great customer satisfaction. Go check it out, MotorWorldRacing.com. We wouldn't be here without them. X-Brand goggles are the result of over 25 years of experience in the eyewear business, and the product has been race-proven at the highest levels. For 2010, X-Brand has Mike Alessi, Moto Concepts Yamaha, Josh Strang, and many others wearing the Gox and Gox Liquid Performance eyewear. X-Brand goggles are exclusively distributed by MTA. Check out our complete line of goggles at your local dealer or at thexbrand.com. All right, you're back on the MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show, and uh, during the commercial break, Watson Watson wanted to know, uh, wanted a, a chance to tell his uh, his famous story about uh, Kevin Windham and uh, Bob Hanna. So, Watson, the floor is yours right now. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't go that far, but this, I just, uh, just, you know, growing up, you know, I've, I've always had that nickname. And, uh, you know, I started coming on the races working with Kyle Lewis, and one thing led to the next. And uh, I remember uh, I knew who Kevin Windham was when he was riding, you know, amateur on Cowies. And then uh, we were at Gatorback 
um, for the national, and and I never even heard you know K Dub or you know I, I thought thought that was me. Yeah. So uh, we're at the line for Moto One at Gatorback, 1995. I was with Deegan, and uh, dude, Bob Hanna is standing like right where the staging area is, and we're in the line to go, and he's looking right at us, and he's yelling, "Hey, K Dub, come here! K Dub, come here!" and, and Deegan's like looking at me. I'm looking at Deegan, going, "Whoa!" So I start walking towards him, and I walk up right when I'm about walk towards him. Dude, Wyndham comes walking in front of me, and he starts talking to him. So I just walk right by him, like try to play it off. Yeah, like didn't want to look like a total asshole. Yeah. And then I walk by and I look down, and on Kevin's, you know, on his butt patch, it has a special K from Kellogg's, and it said K Dub, and it was wearing Fox gear. And I'm like, "What's going on here?" You know, so I walked back. Yeah. Oh, dude, I felt like the biggest. And you, and if you know how Deegan is, Deegan yeah. just ruins me in front of everyone. You're an idiot. <laughs> you don't know. Blah, blah, blah. You thought that guy, that guy doesn't know you. You think blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck, I really thought like Bob Hanna knew what was up with K-Dub, but he yeah. didn't know. Still to this day, Bob Hanna walks by me and doesn't even look at me, which I could care less, but yeah. it's all good. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of You funny. were like, hey, Deegan, Hanna's got the hot tip for us. Yeah, fucking uh, Hanna. Hey, before we uh, squeeze Brian Deegan in here, he wanted to come on a little bit later than originally planned. Do you think we can do Paul's podium real quick? What do you think, Lindsay? Let's do it. I, it's a quick one this week. It should be easy. Not not six, just three. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. You ready? Yeah. Paul's podium. All right. Here we go. Paul's podium coming to you from uh, from Colorado Springs this week, not from Toronto. But uh, saw three things, as usual, that I liked that jumped out at me and. uh uh, in no particular order, uh, but first up, Tevin Tapia. What can I say? I met this kid. I believe he's from the Northwest. Uh, I met him down in Florida. He's been staying down at, uh, oh, geez, I'm not sure if he's at Millsaps or uh, GPF, the other one. I, I apologize if I get it wrong because I know he's a big part of one of those, uh, so I won't say which one. But he stays down there. I met him in a race that I was announcing in Florida, Arena Cross. Great kid. Works hard. It was a heartbreak to see him get into it with Moss. And how about, I mean, Moss is a guy that I – counted as a contender coming into the series and has just, with all due respect, not been doing very well. So for Tevin Tapia, on the Dragon Race Fuel 866 KTM part ride, by the way, thought I'd get a sponsor plug in there, basically has him covered. Is going to beat him straight up in that LCQ until he makes that mistake. So tough break for Tevin Tapia. Nice try. <clears throat> like to see him in the main event next week. Great ride. Uh, next up on the list on Paul's podium, Trey Kennard, three for four on the podium. Had a rough go of it in Indy, and uh, obviously, uh, quietly, three for four in podiums, Trey Kennard. We talked about it the first week. You asked me if I thought he was going to do better, and I said yes. I didn't think he was going to be getting podiums, but I definitely thought he'd be top five material. Quietly sitting 15th in points after four races, which is amazing. By the way, somebody, a caller asked us that the first week. No, that does not mean he points out. Certainly not for the rest of the series, the lights series, but he, he points out automatically this year anyhow, but... If he weren't, if this were, uh, say, Wharton, we were talking about, it wouldn't matter. They changed that really where you can ride opposite coast and not point out. So, uh, Trey Kennard, good job. Three weeks in a row on the podium here for uh, the Red Bull be, Honda team. They might be calling a whole bunch of West riders if the entries stay where they're at. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, huh? Yeah. Um, last but not least, Justin Barsha, finally getting her done. I, I actually had him pegged to challenge Porcel this year and possibly yes, even beat did, him, Paul. and he finally yes, did it. Yes, you did. You did. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought he rode really well. He got a start. He did what he had to do. Scared us all a couple times. Why he's doubling across that corner with two laps to go, I have no idea. That's just a rookie move. Justin, if you're listening, don't do that to me again. 
uh, tough walk thing, lucky break there. Could have uh, could have wound up hurt or lost the race, I guess. But uh, it was awesome. Great race by Justin Barsha, and finally uh, come to fruition. How tall does that kid look on the bike all of a sudden? Yeah. Last year he looked like a little kid outdoors. Now he looks like raw machine all of a sudden. So all seed foam does kind of wonders. A yeah. little, little growth growth uh, burst there. Uh, and that's going to round up Paul's podium. There we go, Paul's podium. The Pro Circuit guys were giving me the gears because they know in some of my columns and Twitter Twitter's tweets, I guess, I've been pumping up Barsha, you know, because I do think he's real exciting and one of the future champions. Anyways, guys are giving me shit. They're like, hey, Mathis, what do you think of Barsha being 39 points down after three rounds? Like, how can <laughs> – I thought he was good. Being 39 points down after three rounds, that's not good. And I'm just oh, like, Bob. oh, man, they were definitely giving it to me. But that was uh, before the uh, main event. So um, definitely, you know, the funny thing is, is uh, uh, Porcel doesn't have that big of a lead. It's still, I mean, he, you know, obviously we know he's won three in a row. And then he. Seven points. Yeah. Seven like, points out of Stroop. Stroop is, like I said earlier in the show, four for four, second place. He's Mr. Consistency. And, so. and, and I think uh, this weekend was pretty much Purcell's race to have a bad race. And if he could, <clears> if a bad race is third. I mean, yeah, that's good. But that's, that, as they say, you win your championship on your worst weekend. So, uh, how did his crash looks to have things under control? How did his crash look on TV? It was gnarly from in person, in slow motion, and all that. Was it pretty good? Yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, uh, he, he got um, from the bike cleanly. He did what he had to do, though. He got up and got going. I mean, just that the tough walk thing almost concerned me more. <laughs> that I, I couldn't believe he had the presence of mind to actually stop. Not many racers can do that to stop and. Uh, Sort of get the thing off and get going. He, he to a racer, you guys both know that seems like an eternity yeah, when you're does. doing that. Yeah, yeah, it does. You feel like you're being lapped at that point. Yeah. But he, in real in reality, he didn't even lose a spot. I don't think. No, nope, you know, I think did. the craziest thing on that crash was when he hit his face on the crossbar and just gave it like a prize fighter to shook it off. Did you see that ball? Yeah, he he had no business trying to to go for that section. He, I think he regretted it the moment he did it. He he went up and tried to skim off, and I was like, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, we got a guy that's been on calling for a while here. Let's see what he's got. He's been ringing in for a while. MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. Uh, you're on the air. Who's this? This has been. Oh, has been. No wonder why it's been ringing so long. There. No, I have no, I have no computers tonight. I'm on, uh, I'm on a smartphone. It's thumbed down, man. Who's on? Uh, well, Who we, we just hung up with Wyndham, and so, uh, but we have Watson in studio, and so. Uh, uh, what do you, what do you got, what do you got going on, Hasman? You have a question for Lindsay, myself, or Watson? Yeah, let's talk about uh, AAA, man. How's my Jersey Shore sunglasses coming? You got a signature uh, sunglass line for Tony? Uh, yeah, I'm working on that. I mean. Tony's appearance in the Fuel TV show has been great delight in the pits. I know uh, I, you guys weren't here this weekend, but there was quite a bit of talk about it. Hey, I'll give it up to those dudes. That is the best motocross show ever on TV. I think ever. It, might be, it might be the only one, though, Watson. Ever. No, I mean, if you if you look back at it, there was that Moto World show. There was a mo show called Moto oh, World yeah, back, okay, then. back then. You right, know what I mean? Right. But this, I mean, I think this is really going to help out the outdoors. Because it's it's showing the other side of the athletes, you know what yeah. I mean? They're just not these guys. It shows them what they're doing during the week, and it shows you what want, a freak Tony is. Do you want to know the scary thing is? And J-Bone told me this when we went to the Hockey Hall of Fame on Friday, because J-Bone and I are buddies. But uh, J-Bone told me that Troy Adamantis, the director of that show, everything on that show has been cleared by the people in the show. Like So Tony's perfectly fine with oh, all of that yeah he's good with that and and again the 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 fuel guys are fuel adamantis was telling j-bone you should see the stuff that you know we, we we can't run but uh so just keep that in mind tony's That's coming to video tony's for sure. tony's cleared all that footage has been 
He might need to. He I, might. Hey, Tony. He might need to have that video come out and make some royalties off of it if he keeps up his, his great work. Yeah. One mechanic told me he's going to stop watching it now because unless he's out of the series. So, oh. you know, that's all he's got to watch. But Lindsay, you've been you've been keeping track yeah. of that. I actually haven't. I've, oh, uh, you got to check it out. Most of them. I know. I've seen a few, but I. Uh, I guess I've been busy. I need to get caught. I, mean, up. I you, got a you, vote. You see his lips moving. You can't believe what comes out of his mouth. You know, and it's just and it's incredible. And then to hear that he's cleared it, so they that they previewed it and he's clearing it. I mean, is he that narcissistic that he doesn't understand what he looks like to the general public? I mean, yeah, is he living in a bubble or what? Yeah. All right. Hey, Hasman, we got to go. We're gonna call our next guest, Brian Deegan, man. Hey, uh, can you can you leave me on hold so I can hear you? Can I what? Can you leave me on hold so I can hear you? No. Call back if you want. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll get my string thing. Talk so, to you later. Sorry, Hasbin. Uh, Hasbin's a regular caller. I don't know if you're aware of that, Watson. Let's yeah, uh, see you. Let's uh, let's get our next guest on the line. Uh, Lindsay, you ready for some Brian Deegan? You bet. All you right. got any good stories about Deegan, Paul? Uh, hey, man, Paul, Paul, why don't you ask Deegan about coming up? Ask and, Deegan uh, about cutting the track. Years. Ask Deegan about cutting the track at uh, Bud's Creek. All right, I want to say, yeah, exactly. I want to say, everybody, anybody that didn't read the Racer X article on Brian Deegan, check it out. The February issue is awesome. You bring him in, Watson, when he answers. <laughs> Calling Brian Deegan. <laughs> Probably busy right now destroying. Yeah, the information. All right, thanks. Later. Sure. Brian Hello? Deegan. What's up? Hey, what's going on? This is uh, Watson and Steve Mathis and Paul Lindsay on the MotoWorldRacing.com show. You're live on the air, Deegan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for doing this show, man. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, I know you're a busy guy, and uh, when Watson said, hey, how about Deegan, I immediately said, yes, try to get him on because uh, uh, you're a guy that's done a lot. But uh, let's get on with what you're doing right now. What's going on, Brian Deegan, these days? Uh, actually, I was just out riding with my son. I'm on a 50, and uh, we're out riding dirt bikes in the backyard. But, yeah, I just pretty much been busy racing off-road trucks and, uh, you know, building an off-road race team and still, you know, running metal militia clothing and uh, riding, still riding freestyle with the guys and for fun and uh, riding at the motocross track once in a while. So... For those That's, that don't uh, know, Brian Deegan is the reigning champions in the lights class. Is that what it's called, Brian? Yeah, yeah, it's the unlimited lights. And pretty much it's came in there light. and uh, had an awesome year last year with a pretty much a first year with a full support and the way to go. And if anyone's never been there, you need to go check this crap out. It's way good. I, I'm. Is the other series no longer there? Which series does do you do, Brian? I'm confused on the series. There's the there's the RJ thing, and then there's the other one, Lucas Oil. Yeah, it's the Lucas Oil Series. Uh, there's another competing series, which is called the Torque Series, which both of formed a year ago when Core went out of business, and Core was the original short course series. And then they split off, and now Lucas is the dominant one, okay, and, yeah. and uh, where everyone's come to for this season. So it's yeah, like be Ricky, good. Ricky and Jeremy and all those dudes raced this weekend, didn't they? Yeah, everyone. Everyone was at the race. So basically, all the best guys in the world were racing in Lucas Oil Series. Including yourself. Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel to be the best in the world, dude? At <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, what, dude? <laughs> hey, how, how, much, how much, Deacon, how much do you and Watson talk? Is it still, I mean, how, Watson has been in your life for a long time. 
Yeah, yeah, we, you know, we used to be pretty, pretty real close, you know, when we raced and mechanic and the whole deal and traveled. Got to travel to, you know, the United States together in a in a van, you know, or a motorhome and or a box van. So, you know, nowadays I think it's a little too cool to talk to me. So, oh, please, champ. <laughs> Hey, hey, Brian, do you got any good stories? Like, I, I have one story that comes to my mind, but I, I wonder if you remembered this. What's your fondest memory of our traveling stories where we, uh, you weren't too happy with me and I wasn't too happy with you when we were driving across the country? Yeah, it was, uh, I would say, there's a lot of times, you know, we'd get done with the National and, and you have to jump in the box van and start driving, and uh-huh. that was always hard, you know, and you try to make it to the next race, and and I think there was a one point, yeah, I don't know. I think I was tired and wanted Kenny to drive, and I felt like I drove a long ways. And we pull into a rest. Uh, I think Kenny got driving, and then next thing I know, I wake up and we're at a rest stop somewhere. And I, I think Kenny was asleep or he was in the bathroom or something. And I and I. And I tried to pin it on him and leave him there. So, <laughs> hey, I'll refresh <laughs> your memory, dude. Funny. We we left Southwick after you know you did pretty good. I think you top tened it, and uh, yeah. you were like, "I just rode two motos at Southwick, and you're gonna make me drive." I go, "I got up at five in the morning and parked and worked all day. That's your job." So I go, "All right, well." He, so Brian said, "All right, I'll drive through the night." And as soon as we so he drove through the night, I slept like six hours where a normal human being should be ready to drive. So I'm driving, and I'm falling asleep at the wheel. And he's reaching, reaching down from the sleeper, smacking me in the head, calling me a pussy. And I go, dude, we're going to crash and die. And he goes, at least we tried. And I'm like, come on, Brian. So, dude, I kept pulling into the rest areas and, like, sleeping at the wheel, and he kept smacking me. So I drove. Finally, I go, I got to pull over and get some coffee. So I'm in the coffee shop, and it was the middle of the summer. We were driving from Southwick back to Omaha. Every week we went back to Omaha. You went back to Omaha? Every week. Brian had to, we had to go back there. Wow. So we would go back there. So I go into the coffee shop and I shut the motorhome off, the the box van, and it was probably 110 with humidity. And Brian walks in and I'm in the coffee shop and he walks in sweating (laughs) like he just got out of the shower. And he was so pissed. He got on the phone, told his dad he was going to leave me. Dude, he was so mad at me. He didn't talk to me for like the rest of the trip. He was pissed. And but, was this Triple X days? No, this no. was Atomic 22. Atomic 22, yeah, before that. Uh, hey, Deegan, uh, what, thinking back about your motocross career, obviously everybody remembers the Ghost Ride, the LA Coliseum, but uh, is there a few other races that stood out for you as just like ones that you're proud of to this day? I mean, I think people, people kind of forget that you were pretty good. Uh, I'm pretty good up and coming motocrosser, you know. Um, yeah. What? Uh, so, are there any other races besides the Coliseum that you you think of? Uh, maybe K Dub turning the wrenches or something, but one that ones that you're proud of. Yeah, I think so. I think like the, I would. I think the first time I, I top, got top ten at Outdoor National was like um, Hangtown in '95, and uh, you know I was running. Me and Buddy Antonez battled like the whole race and. And I remember that was like a big moment in my career because I've always like wanted to do good at the outdoors and and I you know I finally got on a Honda which was a bike that that stock was good you know right. so I've been riding Cowies and Team Green my whole life and and finally got on a bike that I could get top ten on and that was a big I remember that was a big like momentum booster in my career for sure and then that whole the whole year was really good in the outdoors you know hey why don't you tell and us a story about with, with you and Ryan the end of the year and I, you know, I heard Mitch Payton was talking about bringing me on the team and stuff and I just you know, there's so many times like that that I was like so close but it just didn't happen you know yeah um yeah thinking about now how how, how difficult how different your career might have been had that been on like because 
from Atomic 22, you went to Chaparral the next year, 96? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chaparral was a startup team, and yeah. and it just really, honestly, just wasn't, a, you know, the team wasn't professional, and it was just running. That was the year you guys were riding four different brands, right? Yeah. Yeah, and basically, yeah. I went from Pro Circuit Hondas to FMF Honda, and, and the freaking thing was a joke you know so it didn't run like it didn't run like the militia bike did it dude kdap stop interrupting our guests no no this is my friend i can shut him off you can shut me off all right (laughs) hey brian it didn't run like the 97 militia bike did it no (laughs) yeah let's talk about that bike yeah yeah, 97 was a good it was actually a good year you know i went out end up you know killing it in supercross and and that was another year like there was an open ride from factory suzuki and i was out you know dude top topping the points you know yeah. one of the top dudes and basically damon huffman got the ride and i just think after that point in my career i was just like really was over it i was like i can't you know i did my best tried my hardest and i went in the race and you know went in a race that you know kevin was the east west kevin windham carmichael volman ramsey all the good dudes were in it and and that should have been a point where I should have got a help, you know, some type of support, yeah. and I didn't. So that was kind of like where I was like really f everyone after that, you know. <laughs> hey, did do you remember? I mean, but, I know you remember the week, but that was that was the second round. The first round is you landed on Partridge and broke your back. Do you remember? How could you yeah, forget that? Yeah, actually, that was the first round at LA Coliseum. I ended up casing on Partridge's back on a triple, and and I ended up you know cracking vertebrae in my back, and I. I didn't really know that I did that. You know, I just knew it hurt really bad. I couldn't race. And, and we t- I toughed it out. You know, I said, screw it. I sat out all week and went back the next week, and that's when I won. And, uh, you know, I just it wasn't even sure if I was going to race that race. And, and I ended up pulling it off, so that was a big, big moment. Yeah, that was sweet. For the that listeners, I remember that's you. Jason Partridge, by the way, not Kyle Partridge, yeah. his older brother. Yeah. I remember that yeah, night but, after the race, you came into the truck, and you said, dude, I did it. I could quit racing tomorrow, and this is all I ever wanted to do was win a race, and I did it. And you know what? If it ends tomorrow, I'm fine with it. And hey, it, yeah. Brian, talk about – I know you've talked about this in interviews before, but talk about when you were so close with maybe getting with Mitch or getting with Roger, how much do you think Image had to do with that back then? Especially yeah, back then. I think it had a, bit, a lot to do with it. You know, my Image – kind of weird coming from Nebraska, small town and this, that, but I just was always had a punk attitude, you know, I always wanted to speak my mind, always, you know, didn't want to follow the rules, and, and it was just like I was a freestyler in the, you know, basically at heart, and I didn't know it yet, you know, and and I just, you know, my attitude came out where probably sometimes I should have kissed ass, instead I was just kind of like, screw, screw them, you know, and and that's why I didn't get a ride, you know? You know it's just my attitude. I just thought that I was freaking could do whatever I want, and in the end, I just didn't get any support because of it. And your mechanic well, had green hair. Well, I think you got the last yeah. laugh here, though, because talk about, you know, not to jump too much further ahead in your career, talk about the Metal Militia, and as your agent, uh, buddy of mine, Bob Walker, told me, you're just a marketing machine these days. I think, you know, we don't need to get into specifics, but I think a lot of people would be surprised to know the type of money that you make that it'll, even a lot of top pro riders don't make these days. Oh, yeah, I would say, yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> Deacon and, just laughs. You know, when it all comes down to it, I used to look up to dudes like, say, McGrath and that whole scene of Imig and, you know, all those dudes were, were the, the dudes I looked up to. I was like, man, those guys are so fast. And, and never, to, you know, it, it's just funny because those dudes are always too cool for me, you know. And it's funny to see it all come full circle 
and now, you know, I thought they were the, the shit, and now it's like, well, now I'm way, way more recognized than those dudes would ever be, you know? And, and that's through, you know, whatever came, you know, whatever it came through, but that, that was, you know, a big deal for me that's in my head that I used to, you know, always wanted to be like those dudes and never could, you know? So it's cool to see, uh, you know, overcome and stepped above all that, you know? Yeah, that, that's definitely. Yeah, yeah, you've uh, you've definitely, like you said, man. It's it's incredible the the success of the Metal Militia. I mean, there's no way you thought that that it could be as big as it has has gotten, right? I mean, in your in your hopes and dreams, this has probably exceeded it, right? Oh yeah, for sure. You yeah. know, it's funny because I'm you know super competitive at everything I do, and you know I look at business the same way. I mean, I'm in competition with everyone else, and I want to want to win. I wanted to be the best, and. In, in, in business, you know, the sign of being the best is your company, you know, the size of your company. And, you know, it's grown and grown and grown. And I've made bad decisions. I've made good decisions. And in, in the end, I learned the hard way and, and toughed it out. And, I, you know, I toughed out through all the highs and lows. And, and militia, you know, can't, has come out on top. And, you know, the goal is that I think it was always real and it, the team was always real and it's just, you know people really thought all right these guys are a real group of guys it's not fake you know it's you know we did spice it up here and there a lot but you know in the end it you know we were the guys really doing doing it so it's not like a company hiring you know a bunch of riders to make their company look cool we were the company we were what was setting the trends you know you know I'd like to say we took credit for most of the black you know, the whole black socks, the black tees, the black shorts, the bandanas, all that, that's kind of not in style anymore, but we, I feel like we started a trend <laughs> with the flat bill hats and all that stuff. So, you know, I think it's, you know, a pretty big statement. Hey, dude, it's still cool in Australia, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what, dude? I, I have something I need to come out with and tell you and be honest with oh, you. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember your last ride? Your guy. last ride for Moto Triple X was what race? The what? Your last race you ever rode for Moto Triple X was um, man, it had to be uh, it was in '98. And you switched. You switched after two nationals. Yeah, it was after uh, Steel, not Steel City, but High Point, I think. Exactly, Mount Morris. Okay, Mount Morris. Yeah. Okay, this is what went down. First moto, you were you were up there riding really well, and your bike sucked to read, and it was right in yeah. the front. Mechanics fault. Oh. Uh, it was always my fault with this yeah, guy, yeah. no matter what. <laughs> but it's all right. So anyways, we bring the bike back. Brian gets so pissed at the bike because we had problems with the bikes all year. Takes his helmet, throws it down the hill where people's <laughs> backs were turned. Okay? So I come back, and I'm like, dude, you can't do that. His words out of his mouth was exactly F off. <laughs> Fuck you. This thing's a piece of shit. I said, all right. So we all think the motor seized. Yeah. So... I never told anyone but your mechanic, and I just told Sean this a couple weeks, like a month ago. We came back. I turned, I took the, I went to drain the antifreeze. I took the antifreeze bolt out and drained all the antifreeze. Well, he was pulling the motor apart, and he found out the reeds just got sucked. So he put new reeds in and started, and it was fine. But I forgot I took the antifreeze out, dude. So that's my fault. And your bike sees the second moto two laps in down behind the starting gate. Brian's pushing his bike back up the hill. Uh huh. Some dude leans over the fence, and Brian's so pissed, he gets his. Brian hands Brian a Budweiser, and Brian pounds it. And I'm watching all this shit. <laughs> really? Brian? 
Yeah, for sure, dude. That's what happened. So we get back home. You fired him or he quit? No. Okay. I didn't. I was. I was good because I felt like shit because I knew it was my fault. But right. I didn't want to tell him because he would have fucking went nuts on me. Okay, drop the f bombs. No f bombs. Why? We're we're on the, we're online. I'll cuss you know. Come on, fire me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, to make a long story short, the owner of the team said you have to find Egan. He has to write an apology letter to our sponsors. Yeah. And Brian pretty much said, "F you, I quit." <laughs> And that was yeah. the end of it. Is that how it went down, Deegan? Yeah, I was dying, dude. Like, the Moto Triple X, the team that was supposed to be based off, you know, breaking all the rules, was telling me to write an apology letter. I started laughing. I was like, yeah, right, dude. You're, you're like drinking a beer and throwing my helmet is like rad. That's what we're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, dude. You know, that's what we need to see more of in this race season, dude. Yeah. Oh, hey, <laughs> hey, did you see the news, dude? Did you see what Eichel did? Yeah, did you no, Eichel's I, sweet, dude. He's keeping Mode Triple X alive, dude. Shit, no way, dude. He's militia and you didn't even know it. Ba- Robin Banks, dude? Is that punk rock or what? Do you think he had the do you think he had the chili dog underwear on? <laughs> dude, this guy James Eichel used to wear these underwear. He called them his graduation good luck underwear. They were they were tidy whities and they were blue with chili dogs on them. And they used to have holes in it. One time he was getting dressed and Brian ripped them off of him. The dude almost started crying. Oh, Safety, uh, I remember, do you remember when Olaf came over and they started fighting in front of the pit? Yeah, that was <laughs> awesome. Rolling. That was, was awesome. Dying, I remember that uh, Troy, dude. Yeah, that, that was awesome. Happened. I remember Eichel throwing a boot at Bradshaw in 97. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he just threw a boot. They were arguing over something. Took off his Tech 8 and threw it across the pits. I always hey. thought he was just a talker, dude, but fuck, I guess he's going for it. Hey, I guess yeah. Oxycontins take effect, man. Uh What's funny is the Watson's telling you how core that is, and you're like, "No, nah, dude, that's that's beyond Triple X." No, that was that was. Awesome. I mean, there's there's so many stories that me and you had together. You know, there's some that we can't talk about, but we had we had, we definitely had a good time. And you know, people always ask me, like when I do interviews, like who who is the best rider or the most fun you ever had? And I said, you know, with Brian. I mean, dude, we we have stories where we're driving with Don Stevenson from Oak, from uh, Nebraska one time, and me and Brian are talking crap to a truck driver on the on the radio, and it was like out of a movie. This dude was chasing. Us. And he was, Brian said, you're probably some fat old man. And the guy goes, look over to your right. And we look over, and this guy's just stacked like a bodybuilder, uh, telling us to pull over, dude. We're running out of gas. Dude, that was funnier. Dude, just dressing up yeah, with wigs yeah. and putting wigs on and pumping I mean, gas in the middle of Iowa. That was funny crap. In my short time with Deegan, when I was Birdwell's mechanic, I mean, there was just, it was pretty much a comedy show between you and him every weekend in that 97 season. It was awesome. You guys are having so much fun. And, I mean, the fans yeah. were, I mean, now, if you had Triple X back then, now it would be so awesome. Well, Ed, Tyler Evans has shown how good it is, and even Kenny's team now. You guys truly were ahead of your time. Everybody was looking at you guys like you were aliens from another world. You remember when they arrested me, dude, and you said, ah, oh, screw it, they won't arrest you. Remember I was throwing the CDs out in Dallas, and they came and got yeah. me? And you're all, it's all right, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm getting handcuffed. You're telling me it's all right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had no, it was good. Yeah, it was actually, you know, <clears throat> you know, I haven't seen anyone really duplicate it. It's been, you know, something that was totally fun, you know, something I'll never forget. So I always think that it's just back then racing, you know, there wasn't a ton of money for guys like me, and it's like, so why not have fun, you know? Why not enjoy it? And that's kind of what I did. How about uh, the San Jose Supercross in 95 when we had Antonez's bike in the back and they needed 250 riders and they came and asked you to ride and you said, okay, and you went and whole shot at the heat race and did the biggest no-footed can off of it. Yep, I remember I passed. Actually, it was whole shot at the heat race. McGrath passed me. I passed him back. And 
and it was like a you know a big moment for yeah. sure. So nobody passed. Good- yeah, nobody passed McGrath back then in like '95. Like yeah, it just didn't, I know it, it was just good. Didn't. You know, I just remember the moment still because I was leading it. He went by me in the turn. I just like pinned it through the whoops as fast as I could and got him back on the inside. And I was like, all right, that's done. I did it. <laughs> that's so it. you had, yeah, the, you had the purple some, and some uh, moments I don't forget. The purple and white uh, Thor gear on. Remember that stuff? That was your yeah. favorite back in the day. <laughs> hey, if, you, uh, if you're if you out there listening and you want to talk to Brian Deegan, uh, we've got him for a few moments more. 702-586-7857. 702-586-PULP. And uh, give us a call, and uh, Brian Deegan will take your questions about his uh, his 97 Outdoor National bike, which Nick Way on the show a couple weeks ago came out and claimed some some trickiness going on with the 97 National bike. But uh, K-Dub would not, would not confirm it. And uh, or you can talk to him about some metal militia or uh, anything else that's on your mind. Hey, Deegan, I got a question for you. Uh, you've had some horrific crashes uh, in motocross and in the freestyle world. How banged up are you these days? Like, how are you feeling body wise? I actually feel pretty good. You know, I still go to the gym a lot, and I, you know, I always set goals for myself, and I always feel like, you know, as long as that you can stay in shape, you know, I, you know, it won't catch up to me too bad, and. And I, you know, I definitely still feel like my ankle hurts. You know, my ankle hurts really bad all the time. And I've broken, you know, both wrists multiple times, lost a kidney, back, right. you know, shoulders. Yeah, I'm in pain for sure. Yeah, I have days that are worse than others. When it's cold out, you know, I take a few Advil here there. And, you know, in the end, you know, I, I, I feel pretty good. I still ride. You know, I always think back, I'm like, man, I damaged my body so bad. But because of it, my life's so good now. And my kids' lives are good. And, you know, basically I've been able to... to be set because of it so i you know i can't regret it right right and then how much day-to-day like when you wake up in the morning every day how much malicious stuff do you do now i mean are you still very active in it or do you have a you know managers that run stuff how, how does that work for you um you know when companies grow like that you, you know you have to bring people in and and you know i did license the clothing part to a, to a company called la jolla sport and mm-hmm. And when I did that, the company really launched, and that's when we had a bunch of money behind us, you know, from from guys that came in and believed in the brand, and it just took off. And to be honest, I work on militia from the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed, dude. Honestly, that's still my main focus, you know, you know, besides my family. You know, it's it's what I do all day long, right. so I love it. You know, it doesn't feel like a job to me. It feels like it's my life, you know. So, you know, it's uh, it's definitely something my heart's still into. What uh? What do you got for a moto bike? Uh, Honda four fifty. Honda, yeah, oh nine Honda four fifty. You know, I've ridden Hondas ever since I could afford to buy them. So, <laughs> and, you know, what do you make of the four style, the four stroke movement in freestyle? Uh, I think it's good. I thought it would jump more. I thought there'd be more people riding four strokes right now. You know, I'm surprised there isn't. The dudes are still hanging on to the two strokes. You know, but I know. you know, it's a matter of time. Hart was telling me down at your shop, Watson, that it's it's great. I said, how how is it for moving in the air? Yeah, that's like, a big difference. You don't even from notice what it. Kerry's doing and what these guys are doing. I mean, he's not upside down flipping the things. So. No, but he said you can, no problem. He well, was... he says a lot of things, <laughs> like, including <laughs> yeah, your yeah, yeah, you know that. that that's got to be the bikes tough, are good. I, I don't I don't see how they do it on four strokes. I mean, Bill yeah, rides I, one, right? But it's, it's, it's the guys are the guys come out to my house, they get on a four stroke, and they pretty much do the same thing they do on. On two strokes, you know, especially now they're fuel injected. So, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of time. It's just it's just hard on freestyle because the ramps are set up for a two fifty two stroke. The distances 
where a 250F is a little too slow and, and a 450 is a little too fast. Too much, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing hard to say. You know, yeah, all those guys on two-strokes, they just go out and buy them all up when they can and put them in their garage, don't they? Yeah, I have, like, I think five or six 252 yeah. strokes in my garage. The one yeah, thing yeah. the hard said was if you're a little bit off the throttle or a little bit on, you're either 10 feet short or 10 feet, you know, too long. So there's, there's a sweet spot there. Yeah, for sure. That's hey, do you have any plans of? Uh, I know you had a uh, an idea of coming back and riding uh, an outdoor national because you have so much passion for that. And then uh, I, I was really looking forward to seeing you out there. And then I know you rode the amateur day, and you 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 made a comment on the starting gate. What gear do you start in on these things? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I took you know a long time off, and and I miss racing so bad. <clears throat> I think what I missed the most was riding outdoor nationals and 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 you know the the practice day, the the moment where. The track was groomed perfectly, and you just got out there and just pinned it. I think those are the moments that I that I really missed. So, you know, I wanted to go back and race a little bit, you know, and it was under my terms and my money, so, you know, there was no pressure. But, you know, I ended up racing a 450 and ended up ended up uh, eating shit and practice pretty bad and <laughs> jacked my knee up, and it made me sit in the truck going, man, you can't miss X Games because of this. And then you remembered why you don't like free outdoor nationals anymore. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, hey, if you want to talk to Brian Deegan, 702-586-7857. We had a few calls come in, but they uh, they didn't stay on. They didn't stay, let it ring long enough, and they just hung up. So uh, get call in and to talk to uh, Brian Deegan, founder of the Metal Militia slash LA Supercross winner. Hey, let's talk about that infamous ghost ride. Um, they tried to find you, or did they find you? How'd that go? No, they did. Yeah, they for did. sure. I think it was Duke Finch was the yeah the the head of uh, the AMA at the time, and you know they they I remember Ro- Robbie Renard's dad or Robbie tried to go protest and say, yeah. oh, he didn't cross the finish line on his bike. That doesn't count. <laughs> and I just like a lot of BS, you know. And and I basically told the AMA, I said, hey, if you guys take this away from me, you, there's be hell to pay, dude. Like honestly, yeah. you're gonna be bummed because I'm gonna do something that really bad. And so basically, they said, all right, they find me half of my prize winnings, which is a whopping two grand. Yeah. So, and uh, one of my fans rode in and paid for it. So, it was nice. cool. Yeah. Hey, who was your favorite teammate all your years of racing? Who was your favorite? Favorite, favorite teammate. Oh, like, geez. Yeah, I know. Huh? There's a lot. But was there one guy that you just got along with really good or you, or that you, uh, you, play, you joked around with or whatever? Who knows? I, I would say, like, uh, Brian Swink was cool. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, guys, I mean, John Perolio was funny. And, uh, you know, those guys like that. You know, I had Brand- Michael Brandis was my teammate for a while, but we didn't really ever talk. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because in racing, people get these little grudge matches, and it's like you're so competitive. You won't be friends, won't be friends with someone because they're your competitor. And that's different in action sports. I had to get rid of that vibe because everyone's friends. And everyone gets along and cheers each other on and tries to push each other. We're racing, you want to take the other dude out. So, so funny. It, you know, that kind of made it hard for making friends, you know. Speaking of that, uh, can you talk a little bit about the, the rivalry you used to have with Ryan Hughes in 95? How that guy used to <laughs> yeah. take you out every week in practice and bend your bars? <laughs> yeah, the dude. I don't know. That guy, like, basically was so pump dude during practice he'd basically scream and yell when he gets behind you and try to run you off the track and finally he kept running me off the track and taking me out finally i was so pissed 
and Mount Morris, he swept, he tried to run me off the track, and I T-boned him and took him out. <laughs> and he was going for the championship against, I don't know, I think it was Lampson or someone. And uh, and uh, he, he gets up and chases charges after me and I remember I just attacked him <laughs> we started scrapping on the track and it, remember Mitch Payton guys came to our truck and they're like hey listen you can, you can't do this and you're just laughing we'll tell him to leave me get away from me and I remember you started next to him on the starting line and we had the dudes from paint can designs draw all that crap on your back and you were screaming and yelling on the line that's when you got stung by the bee you remember and I said don't race a Sakamoto and you're all I'm not a pussy I came here to race <laughs> yeah, I remember. I was on the starting line talking shit to him, fucking with him, you know. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's pretty funny, dude. I, I, I remember. I still remember that, like Ryan Hughes and Phil Lawrence driving out in the rental car by, by our box and going, "You better watch your back." And I was all, "F you!" <laughs> and it was like out of winners take all. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Was, like, awesome. Exactly. Hey, let's take a, take this call. Uh, MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. You're on the air with Brian Deegan. Uh, who's this? This has been. Oh, it has been. He's back. What's going on, man? Okay. Hey, Brian, you, you miss hey, rolling over the gate because you're, you're a hardcore racer. I mean, do you miss rolling over the gate once in a while, even with all the yeah, yeah. stuff and, that, and, and the truck racing? I mean, no. you, you hear the passion in your voice when you're talking about it. Yeah, you know, the thing is with freestyle motocross, it, it was such, it wasn't a race. You go out there and compete for a couple minutes, you throw down your best run. You don't ever get to, to play the chess match with someone and pass them, pass them back, set them up, read lines. And that's when I started racing trucks. It, it got that feeling back to me where I was on the, you know, I was on the, on the line, I was battling, racing, you know, a 20, 30 minute race with 20, 30 guys passing, setting them up. And, you know, checkered flags, yellow flags. It was, you know, I finally got that feeling back. But, yes, I do miss racing. I do motocross. And, you know, I wish, I, you know, that was something that you could do, you know, when you get older. But you just, you know, once you get in your 30s or whatever, it just becomes not a reality anymore, you know? Yeah, I kill 30 people to get back in my 30s. Hey, um, <laughs> do you still have that the bicey coach road in the, in the uh, Supercross one? <laughs> yeah, actually, I know where it is, and the dude from Moto Triple X has it, Jordan, and uh, I've tried to buy it a few times, but the weasel wants way too much money. He knows that I want it, yeah. so he's, like, holding it ransom. What's he asking for? So What's he asking <laughs> That's for? That's pissing me off. You know, I want my buddies to go steal it back from him. Yeah, yeah, What's he yeah, asking for? Yeah, we'll let you know, dude. He's on tour right now, dude. He's in the same house. We'll get it. Yeah, there you go. That'd be so funny. Thanks for the call, Hasbin. Uh, what's he want for it? What is Jordan? What's he won't on. sell it. Wow. Jordan yeah, he won't sell it. Dude, last time I talked to him for for ninety seven Suzuki one twenty five, he wanted ten thousand dollars. <laughs> You're talking about the guy that's forty something years old that still has his high school report on John F. Kennedy when he was a freshman in high school. The guy's a pack rat. He's going to be on the next that TV show Hordes. Uh, yeah. Hey, Paul, you got any questions for uh, Brian Deegan? No, no, I'm good. I just, uh, I know we're running late here, so yeah. I'm trying to let you guys do your thing. All well, right. why don't you nut up and ask him that you wanted to ask him about cutting the track at, at, uh, at Bud's I'm Creek. I'm the one that brought that up. I don't even remember it. You brought that up. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. He, Brian got Brian got accused of cutting the track. and uh, Yeah, I was at where? Uh, Bud's Creek? Yeah. Yeah, oh, basically, dude. That. Let me. The story goes that. like this. Basically, I go out and race and battle, and I think it was around ninth or tenth battle with Craig Decker or whoever. And uh, my clutch lever starts falling off, and I'm like, "Great, dude. easy, come I have on." No clutch. My thing's freaking dangling, bouncing around. So I pull in. Have to pull in the pit, 
you know, and, and, and Kenny tightens it or whatever. And I pin it back out, and I was pissed because I lost, like, so much ground. Right. And so when you go up the hill, the, the first hill at Buzz Creek, you know, instead of just turning left and going all the way back down and back up, I just decided to cut across, and it was just quicker, you know? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was so, pumped. It was quicker. <laughs> I got right back in behind Craig Decker, and I remember he was so pissed. And, and he, like, at the starting gate the lot, next time, he's like, Dude, what's up? Why you had to cut the track? And I'm all f you, dude. Who cares? I'm talking. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> dude, the best was like I didn't know he cut, and he he was he was like in like 16th, 17th. And next time he comes around, he's in 11th. And I'm like, my guy's on fire. You guys get out of my way. I was in the pit boy area, just talking so much crap. That was oh. hot. Yeah, that was uh, that was Father's Day weekend. I'll never forget the, it. The, and the, you pulled your shirt off, and your dad was like, that Metzger. He had the tattoo on your back the first time he seen it. Uh, <laughs> do you remember that? He wanted to take it off. He's like, can you remove that? Uh, the funny thing is, is Decker, Decker accused him of cutting the track, and he just tells him to F off. <laughs> and and, and yeah. Duke came up to him and said, did you cut the track? And Brian's like, no, I didn't cut the track. And Brian's dad's all, he didn't cut the track. He would tell you if he did. Yeah. Next week, there's photos. Guys like, did you cut it seriously? I'm all, no, dude, no. No, there's no way I would do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, Deegan, thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Good trip down memory lane for sure. Right, right on. Thanks. And, uh, and, and good luck with everything. I, I don't think you need it, but good luck with uh, your whole deals going on and the militia. We got to do a podcast, one of these shows, and c- catch everything up. But uh, all right, man. Well, thank you. Watson, any last words for him? Thank you, Brian. I'll see you in Arizona. Bye, man. Thanks, Brian. Later. Take care, man. All right. There we go. That was Brian Deegan, Metal Militia fame. Uh, Good guest. Thanks for bringing him on, Watson. It was good. Uh, Okay, so right now we're going to do the X-Brown Goggle Tear-Off segment. This is the uh, X-Brown Goggle Tear-Off segment brought to you by X-Brown Goggle Tear-Offs. Check them out on the web at thexbrand.com. X-Brown Goggle is the goggle of choice, Watson, for Josh Strange, two-time GNCC winner, Michael Lessie, Timmy Wiegand. Timmy Wigand, everybody. So, Paul, do you have your – this is a rapid-fire questions. Rich Paul, Taylor. Do you, do you have your questions ready? I, I do, but I'm shooting in the dark here. You never, you never gave me yours, so uh, I know. why don't you go first? I don't like you, – you I don't like when you know what I'm going to ask. All right, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's do it live. We'll do it live. Sec- <laughs> 15 seconds on the clock. Uh, <laughs> question number one, Paul. The Toronto track, was it good or bad? Oh, it was awful. As I said earlier, I wanted to preface it by saying it was better than any Toronto track we've ever seen, but by far the worst track of this year, but not necessarily anybody's fault. just is what it is. All right, there we go. Uh, actually, I can't do the tear-off sound right now. Watson's looking at the computer. <laughs> there we go. Watson will do it. Uh, uh, yeah, you kind of gave that answer away earlier, but I, I, it's too late. I had it already written down. Uh, go ahead. That's your, right. your yep, question we'll, for me. We'll recap that. All right, next question for you. 23-rider uh, field, agree or disagree? I uh, disagree 100%. Um, there was a couple guys that didn't belong out there. They could have done something with lap times. Uh, no way could they have run a last chance qualifier. I'm not saying that. But something to do with lap times and eliminate the last two guys and go to the gate with 20 just because I didn't feel all the riders were worthy enough of a 450 main event. There we go. I did that in 17 seconds. Thank you, Watson. Um, my question for you, question number two. Can Josh Hill get back to where he was? Man, that is the question of the uh, month, it seems. I'd like to think so. We certainly have seen him uh, really hauling ass earlier in the year, and I'd like to see him do it. Uh, right now he's struggling, doesn't seem to want to tell anybody what his injuries are, so I guess it remains to be seen, but I think so. All right, that's actually perfect, Paul. That was 15 seconds. Uh, you're, you're <laughs> I'm getting question, better as we go. Question we can. for me. All right, next question. 
What is the deal with Nico Izzy? I think you already asked me this. No, I don't think I did. Okay, Nico did Izzy. I? Right now, he's I'm coming back from a, a massive injury. As I, I'm, I feel like I'm a bit of a heel expert with Ferry's problems. Uh, he had an gnarly injury, and he's going to take a long time to come back. And now I heard he's got mono. So when you add all that in, that is the deal with uh, with Nico Izzy. Right. Watson, you're really good at that. Uh, all right, my question for you, the last question. Paul Lindsay, and this is going to be hard for you to answer in 15 seconds because you're going to want to oh, go boy. on and on. I know how you are. Uh, <laughs> when Chad Reed comes back for, to Kawasaki, does he pull over and ride for the championship to help our RV? Uh, I don't think that's going to be hard to answer at all. I think he absolutely does. Chad's a team player. Seems really? like he doesn't like to do anything dirty. Calls a spade a spade when Chisholm does it or other guys did the year before with Honda. Uh-huh. But uh, I think he absolutely plays to help RV win the championship. Okay, wow. so do the noise. Uh, all right, last question, and then Kenny sounds like he has a point about that. Last question my, for you, uh, uh, for me. Yeah, for you, the last question is, can Austin Stroop get a win in the lights class? Four for four, second place. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I mean, all he needed was Barsha to make a little mistake this weekend, and uh, and Barsha's close to that many times, as we know, so... For sure, Austin Stroop can win, and uh, it's going to be good when they get out front, those two, Porcel and him. I think it's going to be uh, pretty good. So that Absolutely. is that has been the X-Brand Goggle Tear-Off segment brought to you by xbrandgoggles.com. Go check them out on thexbrand.com. We thank X-Brand for that. We thank uh, Rich Taylor, and we thank for them for their support of the Moto Show. What did you have to say about that? Hey, Paul, going back to your your uh, answer on the uh, Reed deal. So if, yep. if Reed's, Reed's leading, that guy probably gets uh, – Fifty seventy five thousand dollars for a win. Do you think that he's going to move over and let Villapoto pass him for a win? Thank you, Watson. That's I, exactly what I think. I I do actually. I do, but we'll see. I think he'll be. I think he'll be pretty coy about it because he's not going to do anything blatant. He's not going to literally pull over. But uh, I, I like to say I, that I think Chad Reed's a team player. I don't think he's stupid. I think he wants to win. And I think uh, I don't know. That's actually I'm taking that back a little bit now. Back down a little because Chad Reed is a sportsman. Chad Reed considers himself a sportsman and i know he wants to win and i know he thinks people should earn what they earn but at the same time he's a class act and i think he'll do what he's got to do to help his team but uh we've we've seen it in the past people can be blatant about it and just literally fake an injury or fake a a motor problem or pull over and people can be very fly about it uh as we've seen in the past like i said with with honda and with with chisholm or whatever not fly excuse me very blatant about it so you know I, i think he will i think he'll help RV as much as possible, but he's going to be out there to try to get a win. It's not going to be like he's out in front 20 seconds and he pulls over in the last lap and looks over his shoulder to see where Ryan's at. Speaking of which, I, in my opinion, this is a hot topic, I believe Trey pulled over for Dungey. I believe he let him pass. He, he raced as hard as he could for the first few laps and, and knew that he wasn't enough, up to snuff to run with those guys and said, I'm not going to get in the middle of this championship fight. He, he let up ever so slightly in that sand corner, and Dungey was gone, and that was all she wrote. He knew he was going to get third. Maybe, maybe so. I, getting back to the Reed yeah. thing, I think uh, there might be a phone call from Ask the Fan to Mike Fisher saying, hey, if my guy's in front and, he, and he's letting Ryan win, we want that win bonus. And, for sure. and as we all know, all three of us know, that has been done before. That bonus has been paid for yeah. situations like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And so. I know that you're saying Chad Reed's a team player and all that, and <clears throat> I respect Chad you know, a lot. But you know what? This isn't football, baseball, basketball. 
this isn't a ball sport where it's a team sport. It's an individual sport, and they're on the same team. But I can understand if Chad was in eighth or ninth place. You know, I mean, we had I've you know if I had this happen to me before in a Supermoto Championship where I had a guy that going for the championship and he was he fell and he came from the back and he I had one of my guys pull over that was in ninth place and let him get that one point that and at the end of the season he ended up winning by one point. But what yep. I'm trying to get at is I I can't see if Chad's in the top three going to make the box and make some bonus money. You know, at the end of the day, Villapoto wins the championship by one point. I don't think he's going to write chatter check and say thank you. Those guys are all no, about themselves. No, no, no. I don't see Ryan doing that. I could see Fisher doing it. But uh, who, who knows? It'll be interesting. It's a great topic for uh, for future shows, that's for sure. And like I said, I'm, I'm waffling a little bit here. I'm maybe, maybe we get Chad on the I show. I still think this. he will, but I, I can see a different side of Chad where he's going to say, come get it if you need it, Ryan. I'm, I'm here. Right. I'm, I'm here to win. Sorry, you're going to get 22 points instead of 25 this week. But I could also see him being buckling down and being a team player too. So it's it's hard to say. He's got another year on his contract there. That always weighs in. If a guy's on his way out, he could be like, screw this, I'm going to win. Yet he's got another year there potentially with Ryan as well and with Monster and with Cowie. It could be well, a long, uh, outside long too, so season he, next he year might... if he does something to impede Ryan. Right. Reed's yeah. running outdoors. Yeah, he is. What's your point? Yep. My point is that maybe he is going to save a little bit and you okay. never know what's going to happen. Right. Okay. Uh, hey, yep, Paul, do yep. you have a Moto News Vital question of the week or message board question of the week? You know, I was going to skip it since we're running late, but okay. I could do it really, really quickly. It comes well, to we gotta, from, don't uh, forget, we got to have Kenny. From Vital. What's don't, that? don't forget, we're going to have Kenny's Corner. <laughs> Kenny's Corner. Yeah. Oh, great. We're going to give him three <laughs> random names. I forgot about that additional segment. Yeah. Um, we give him three random names of people that he's never that heard. Was, that was uh, on request of Glenn from Moto World. Yep. All right. So, uh, uh, okay. so what do you want to do? Whatever you want to do, Larry. Uh, what's that? Whatever you want to do. No, no, no. It's just it, it. It could be. It could. Like I said, I'll make it quick. But it could turn into a long discussion. Okay. Comes to, from us uh, to us from uh, Vinyl MX this week. D Davis posted a, a post. Pretty simple question: Is it all worth it? Me, you know, referring to motocross and referring to uh, the sport that we all love and Jesse Masterpool and uh, Ernesto, David Bailey, uh, James Marshall. All these guys that have gotten hurt, killed, paralyzed. It's it's become an alarming. Uh, trend as of late the past five years let's say and i would just say that i guess it depends on your place in life for me right now it's not worth it i don't even ride anymore i feel like a hypocrite it's a sport i love it's a sport i've done since i'm seven years old and to me it's not worth it but there was a time in my life where it was well worth it and i'd say that most people that are racing right now don't think about it the way that i think about it and the way that he's thinking about it i think he's in a bad place this uh, d davis that's asking this question is this all worth it uh-huh it all depends on the risk you want to take in life, and every, you know, to each his own. So uh, wow. I've seen both sides of it. So that's uh, that's my take on that, and uh, my response to that. Clearly, judging by my body right now, I've given up riding as well. But I, I did have <laughs> a lot of fun last few years getting back into it. Yeah, riding. I mean, you know, I, I that's a great, great, great uh, question know, deal that you just came up with, Paul. Because you know, I had the, the the same questions where I ask a lot of these guys, like you know, Kerry. Kerry Hart, for instance, you know, he's not racing, but he's still out and doing his thing, you know, and he knows his limitations. He's not going to backflip. He's going to go do his, his patent heart attack, you know, do his little wave to the fans. But then you guys got, you know, guys like Tedesco, Grant, you know, Hill, all these guys that race every week that I talk to. And I'm like, hey, dude, does this like, you know, with all everyone, you know, have some injuries, you know, does it, does it ever cross your mind? Those guys know every time they throw their leg over that motorcycle, this is, you know, there's that, there's that chance. And I think a lot of those dudes at that level are ready 
and can will deal with that if it happens. You know, because this yep. is what they and this is the price you pay. That's why you know everyone's like, oh, they make too much money. They make this that. They risk their lives. Yeah, okay? absolutely. They, you know, uh, this is. I'll leave it at this. The, this is how gnarly Supercross is. You'll leave motocross. it at this. Ryan Morris will not be on a 450. He will, and it cost me five hundred dollars. <laughs> and Sean Palmer, one of the greatest extreme athletes ever, has done a numerous amount of sports. He told me one day, he goes, you know what? Golfers make a lot of money. They stand over a putt, and they sink a putt. They make the money. If they miss it, they miss it. They pick up their ball. They walk away. A supercross guy that's in 20th place, misjumps a jump, jumps, you know, cases it, you know, hurts himself. He's dead or paralyzed or breaks a bone. You just make golf a little more instinct. Put a shotgun to their knees and say, <laughs> if you miss this putt, you get your knees blown off. Okay? Yeah. That's the difference, and and that's right. So, and even I'm, even Kerry's heart attack jump, by the way, for those of you listening, is still a very difficult trick. And I'll never forget the first time I saw him do it at the U.S. Open. I came out of my seat. So, rewind in your brains before the backflip, before all that stuff. The heart attack was a badass. It's trick. crazy, and, I, and it's I think cr- he probably still gets a lot of cheers around the country for that it's one. It's crazy how. I mean, Hart can probably do that in his sleep, and how gnarly that trick still is. Yeah, it's still. Yeah. I mean, they do Superman. They do heart attack backflips now. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy. Exactly. And you know, a lot of people. You know, the backflip is like you know the marquee trip. You know, now trick now. So in a lot of these guys, if you do a backflip and and you just do a straight backflip, it's like doing a dead sailor jump. Yeah, yeah. They don't even score you. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand when Kerry Hart did his backflip, he never practiced it on foam. He never yeah, jumped yeah. into no, a foam. Yeah. He launched it. You know what I mean? And that was like the greatest thing. Then Travis did a double. And, and it's just, it's like there has to be a point, especially in freestyle. Well, where we've, these, we've seen some guys die. Exactly. Yeah. I think there has to be some kind of union or something where these guys say, hey, we're not going to do this trick. We're not going to do this because it's too dangerous. Yeah. And for X Games or whatever, they might be bummed because all they care about is ratings. You yeah. know what I mean? They're not going to go. They're, they're, if someone you know gets killed or paralyzed, they just there's always someone down coming down the road. Yeah, like that guy... The dude in the hockey gloves or the work gloves in the hockey oh, jersey, he needs awesome. to go away, right? Dude, that guy, I dig him. I dig him. I What's think his name? I, uh, uh, Murray. Scott Murray. Scott you know, Murray. Hey, you know what? That just shows you. I mean, that guy has, I mean, no disrespect to Scott Murray. What he does is gnarly. But he, he has problems riding a motorcycle. Yeah. He cannot jump a dirt jump. Oh. He cannot ride a rut. He has his own ramp. He won't use nobody else's ramp. They, that guy makes $10,000 a flip on the Krusty Tour. When he's trying to do the double back, he gets ten thousand if he makes it or he lands it. Really? Every and there's Every like night. yeah, there's like eighteen stops. So you do the math. Wow. You know, so Watson dropping all. us some 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 uh, some info. Hey, seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. That was a wanna... good uh, good question there, Paul. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, a, it's, that, a, it's a deep issue. Interesting one. Not, yeah. not coming off the message boards. Seven... And no, uh, by the way, let's see. I want to. I'm just looking in the chat room here. No, I don't have a bedtime. Uh, <laughs> Nefic, N-E-F-I-C. We're you, just trying to keep the show to our normal hour and a half. We could go on all night if you wanted to, but uh, it's an hour and a half show, and we're at two hours. So no, I don't have a bed time. And uh, you can and always turn Mike, your computer off I think too. It's Mike, somebody or other. Let's huh? see. Let's see if let's see if some people uh, call in. If they do, we'll keep going. If not, we'll end it. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Pulp. I do love talking to the fans. Uh, for right now, to uh, our last segment of the night is Kenny's Corner, where I give him three random names, and he has to tell me. His best story about the three guys, uh, or the first time he remembers them, or anything memorable about three people in the industry, because he's been doing it for so long. So I've got three people. Kenny, you ready? Let's do it. The first one, David Villeman. DV. Uh, 
We'll go back to Brian Deegan's first win. Okay. Uh, David was he came from France. He was riding for Race Tech, I believe, and uh, I I just thought like the kid had so much talent, but he smelled really bad. I, I remember us being on the line, and Brian's like, "Dude, you shit your pants," and I'm like, "No," and I look over, and this dude had the odor film coming off of his body, and <laughs> yeah. I I told him too. I go, "You smell." And he didn't spoke no yeah. English. He just looked at me and shook yeah. his head. And I'm like, oh, my God. But I, I became good friends with David. He's a good dude. Yeah, he admits it. No, he's happy to admit it in his early years. He didn't – they don't use deodorant over yeah, there. Yeah, he didn't know yeah. And, uh, He was he, just this tall, skinny-looking kid. Yeah. You know, ended up coming, get, living the American dream, okay. marrying the American beauty. So, Question number two, uh, or name number two. We're going to stick with the same country of France. Sebastian Tortelli. Uh, Tortelli. You know what? That's one I might not have one because really? I yeah. really he was uh, he was always that guy that was you know under the Honda deal, and I really yeah. didn't deal with him too often. Okay, but. Uh, we'll go with uh, Roncada, Stefan. I you know when he first came over uh, when he was riding for Yamaha Troy, that was the same deal. You know with with Honda in, in 90, Troy. Yeah, ninety seven. He was you know his rookie year. I don't remember. He was a three digit, and uh, he was super humble, nice. French guy, like super yeah. happy all the time. And, you know, I, I have a lot in common with Rincata to this day. You know, we both went through a, an addiction problem on pain, with pain pills. And, uh, you know, when he uh, was going through that, um, I really stuck my hand out to the guy and, you know, and just said, you're not alone. And, you know, this is a tough battle and you're going to have to battle this the rest of your life. And uh, look at you, Dr. Phil. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, I'm not <laughs> trying. To, I'm not claiming to be Doctor Phil, but you know what? What yeah, I've yeah. learned about addiction and stuff, I'll I'll gladly give away to anyone that wants to talk about it because you know I think even in our sport, it's a big big problem with with guys getting Case, hurt. Spot on. That's a whole topic for another sub or another uh, show, but that is a huge rampant problem in our sport that people don't know about, and it right. sucks because it grabs hold of good people like Ron Ron. And, yeah. and ruins lives, and there's and other it, people and, and in the, the problem with the thing that is, you'd be surprised to hear that are dealing with it as well. Well, yeah. the problem with it is these guys, you know, are injured and they have operations and they're prescribed them, so they think it's cool. There's no problem, but after you that's take right. them for a month every day, you're addicted to the things, it, and the government knows right. that, and everyone knows, and it's a big conspiracy that it needs to be worked out, and it's a big Serious, problem, just not in our sport. Conspiracy. You didn't really say conspiracy correctly. Well, because I'm from Cal- I'm from United States, not Canada. Okay, uh, actually, it's a funny story. Uh, I had a herniated disc one year at Yamaha, and it was so much pain, and I was uh, eating a lot of Vicodin, and I never got to addiction problem at all. But I had to take two or three Vicodin in a day to get through. It was just shooting pain down my ass and back of the legs, and I, I didn't know what was up, and I was battling chiropractors. Anyway, Timmy pulled me aside. Timmy and his wife pulled me aside to seriously ask me if I had an addiction problem. I guess my mechanicing was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it was the Vicodin? Yeah, it could have just been my normal skills, my normal mechanic <laughs> skills. Uh, last one, Watson. Let's hear it. Me, Steve Mathis. You? First time you remember me, any funny stories? Please don't embarrass me too much. But Steve Mathis. Well, the first time I ever was when you started working for Ty. Yeah, 97. 97. Yeah. And uh, he asked me about you, and I said, hey, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, and I said, I'll keep an eye out. And I remember Ray, I, I did a little footwork, and Ray Birdwell oh. called me and Ruth, and they asked about, you know, you know Kenny and this and that, you know, about Steve. And I didn't know. I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know much about Fernet you. Fernet got me the job. Fernet, yes, yeah. Jason did. And he, you know, and then I asked around the industry about you, and, you know, I said he comes really, you know, highly recommended recommended and you know, that's all i knew but then after to get to know you 
I, I don't care what anyone says. I mean, you, you've always been down, even when you were under the blue tent and everyone was, you know, I've had a lot of friends that got factory jobs and they forget your name, you know, yeah. but you've always like, hey, what's up? You were always that guy. And I mean, I'm not no ass kisser by any means, but the bottom line is I, I don't have a. I had Birdwell's bike looking good every week. I, yeah, your bikes look good. I know they, they look good because you, when you have that unlimited budget, you you know you got that black. <laughs> Birdwell didn't put a lot of stress on plastic and parts either. Sometime maybe we can get Birdwell on the show. One we time should, and, and we'll hey. talk. We'll talk some good stories about time. All right, thanks for that. Thanks for that, Watson. I appreciate it. Uh, let's take this call. MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. You're on the air. Who's this? I got a question for Kenny. Kenny, all right. Are you ready? Let's hear it, buddy. Hitting about it and hitting about it, Kenny. It's time to cowboy the hell up, man. Dish, it's been 13 years. Okay. What's the deal on the 97? The 97 was all right. You guys ready for this? The 97. Just bring it. Okay. We rode Suzuki's. If you, if anyone had a 97 CR125, you knew there was big, big, big problems with the Nicosil on the cylinder would come off. Um, after we went, after we, uh, you know, the Coliseum race, I tore the bike apart and the thing couldn't have went one more lap. The Nicosil was completely off. It was a problem. It went back. Oh, Pro Circuit nicked it when they did it. Suzuki didn't want to step up. To make a long story short, we finished the season in Supercross and we went outdoor and we were testing. And Brian's like, "Dude, this is, things needs more. It needs more." He rode. We rode the first few races. We sh- he shows up at Unadilla and I'm on the road. He shows up at Unadilla and he has this motor box and he's like, "Just put this motor in the box." So I say, "Okay." So I put the motor in the bike. He I start it up and the thing f- feels like I left every motor mount loose and things vibrating terribly. <laughs> I shut it off. And he goes, what's wrong? And I go, I think I left the motor mounts loose. And he goes, wait, let me see. And he goes, no, it's fine. I go, what, what? He goes, no, it's fine. I'm just like, okay. So I, did, you know, I, I thought the crank was out of balance or something was wrong with it. So we get back in the room and he goes, no, it's just a motor I tested. It's, you know, has some It's all good. Yeah. So anyways, we get to the track and that's when Fridays were the practice. Um, gravity cavity, he's going off of it. First lap. And there's a little kicker. He hits it, and he flips, does a complete flip in the air, and he lands flat on his back at the bottom of Gravity Cavity. Oh. I'm in the mechanics area. I go running over there, but before I get there, he's talking to the flagger. He gets on his bike, and he rides away, and I look at the flagger. The guy was white as a ghost. And I go, what happened? What did that guy say to you? He said, hey, watch next lap. That was baby shit. And I'm like, What? So I run back to the mechanics area. He's coming up the hill by the mechanics area, and I'm watching him, and he's in third gear just pulling the hill. I come back, and I go, what? And this thing had a, a sound coming out of it. To make a long story short, it, it, it was an illegal bike. It was a 167, and we ended up cheating, and we, we had to. We, I mean, to make a long story short. I love short, how you're trying to justify this. We had to. Well, dude, you couldn't compete. You could not compete with those guys, the bikes that they had in those days. Uh-huh. Those 125s that they had, those things were pushing, you know, in the 40s. Yeah. You know, and, and we were, our bike had like 34 horsepower. So that's, where, that's what the deal was. But, I mean. Did his results jump up dramatically? <laughs> yes, tremendously. Yes, they did. Okay. They, they went from, you know, 12th, 13th to 5th, 6th, 7th. And we had this little signal. If he had to be, they impounded top five back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So we couldn't finish top five. And at Troy, Ohio, it was one of those weekends where it was hotter than shit and everybody was passing out left and right and Brian was in fourth and he didn't know and he didn't miss the pit board on the last lap and I thought for sure we were getting hooked and they they didn't do an impound that weekend yeah, yeah. and it was too hot so there you go what percentage of guys do you think ran illegal motors back then or now I, I, I can't say right now because there's no one really showing like that's a privateer that they have a a, a, a big motor yeah. but I would think you know a big guy that would need some help 
could do it. But back in the day on the 125s, I would say if you were a privateer, at least half of them. Really? I was going to say, guys, let's preface that, too, because there's always speculation of that. And, and you, all three of us know for a fact anybody on any legit team, as long as I've been around, doesn't do it. We're talking privateers that can get away with it. Maybe dad's got some bucks they need. They're going to be running 21st place or whatever, or even a high-end privateer like you guys were saying, but not on any of the factory teams, nothing like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. You know, but sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, I'll be straight up and honest. We tried it in 98 when we rode Cowies, but some bikes work better. The Yamaha was a good cheater bike for the 125. The Suzuki was a good, but the Cowie, we just couldn't get it to run. It, it it had good top, but it was dead on the bottom. Right, right. And, you know. Doesn't, doesn't like, Rick Peterson always have RPM on the side of the cylinder, though, to, to give it away or no? He yeah, didn't. but what, what we, we uh, he did us a favor and didn't do it. And then you, the, the only way that you could really tell is when they do the coating, when they dunk the cylinder to, for the Nicosil, and it turns it a different color. So if, if a lot color. of people don't remember, um, I used to do some crazy shit to our bikes. We did a gold bike one race. Yeah, we did yeah. all this different stuff, and I would try to distract people looking at it. And we got <laughs> we had a close call one time because we switched and um, come into your guy. At, he, Timmy was riding Suzuki's then, and Pro Circuit was doing the stuff. Um, Japan did their bikes at the beginning of the year, yeah. and Brian was Pro Circuit, and we still ran Pro Circuit shit all over our bike. Well, all of a sudden, Brian's ripping whole shots. His bike's running really good. So Suzuki's like, oh, my God, these bikes are running really good. We got to get it. So we were at uh, Millville, and a ring stuck. And Brian's like, dude, this thing's losing power. So I had to pull the head off, the cylinder off, and I pulled it off, and I threw it in the solvent tank. And I had my spare in the solvent tank, but the spare was just a regular one, yeah. a different one. And Jimmy Perry comes by and said, hey, uh, Ferry's bike just seized. you have an extra cylinder? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's in the solvent tank. And he went to go grab it, and he walks by my bike, and it has a piston big as a softball, <laughs> and I have a towel over it, and he doesn't even look at it, and he just walks in, and I go, hold on, hold on, I'll grab it. And I jump in, and I give it to him, and, and he, he walked away, and I was yeah. like, and Brian just looked at me. We just looked at each other and started laughing. <laughs> good times, good times. Well, hey, I think that should wrap up the Moto World. On that note, we'll wrap up the MotoWorldRacing.com show. Paul, uh, do you have anything else to say? No, no, I'm good. Just want to thank everybody. Thank MotoWorldRacing.com, of course. And uh, X brand goggles, <clears throat> Rockwell watches, Motocross Nations, September 26th. The world is coming to Denver, Lakewood, Colorado. Be there. And uh, thanks, Kenny, for coming on. Thanks to our guests, Kevin and uh, Brian, for coming on, spending time with us. Thanks for the guests for hanging in there. And uh, long show this week. Jeez. Yeah, that's that happens. Thanks hey, for having me on, you guys. I appreciate. Are it. you coming here next week, Lindsay? Do we know yet? Uh, I think so. Well, I'll be in Dallas for sure. I don't know about coming to you. Okay. We'll see. All right. Well, sounds good. That like... remains to be seen. All right. If, that... if a certain if a certain Glenn Boggy would call me back, I would know. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, <laughs> call thanks. him out on the air. Thanks. Maybe that'll every... get him to call. Yeah. Me. Thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, we thanks for Watson for coming on the show. He was he was a he's a great addition to the show. We love his honesty, and he was the reason we got Brian Deegan. So I got to throw that out there. And uh, thank you for all of you. Don't forget if you need something for your bike body or whatever, use the Moto Show discount code and, and go on MotoWorldRacing.com and uh, and hook that up. And in the meantime, we will see you next week after Dallas. You know how to cut to the core of me, Baxter. You're so wise, but like a. Miniature Buddha, covered in hair.